What's up and welcome to the horror cast episode number 110 episode number 110 is our, our it's just I'm so excited. I just can hardly contain myself. It's my favorite episode of the year. I think a lot of people love these episodes. It's our best of 2020. So these are my favorite episodes. I love list. I love putting together lists. And tonight, it's list time. Uh, I'm Mark Nato, and I'm one of your hosts tonight. And I'm going to bring in my two co-hosts uh, before we get rolling into our talking about uh, 2020, the year that was crazy. It was crazy, but how was it for horror? And what are our favorite movies? So we'll tell you. But uh, let's bring in Tammy first. Taminator, what's up? Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. This is very exciting. It was very stressful to get here, but it's uh, very exciting. Yes, this is Tammy's first top 10. Or No, you were you were last year, too, weren't you? I was going to say, what? Okay, I had joined like right before. And I remember I almost tried to like beg out last year because I didn't think I could come up with yes. <laughs> enough movies and this year i like am so stressed because i have like 40 movies to choose from so it's a total difference yeah okay yeah i do remember you being on last year so yeah all right well let's bring in revenant vin what's up vin hey yeah so instead of a top 10 we're doing a top 20 because uh 2020 um and that is harder i mean (laughs) i mean yeah i mean obviously you'd have to see more movies um but that's not the hard part it's i find that the 11 through 20 was much more difficult to figure out than one through 10. Um, but I agree. you know, I yeah. Agree. Another thing, uh, you know, I, I think we should stress too, you know, we, we kind of call it like a best of or a top, but I mean, these are all personal favorites. It's all, yes, personal, each of these lists yep. are subjective. Very subjective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you don't agree with this, well, you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It, it is. We're not going to agree with each other. <laughs> I've learned a lot about myself and my tastes as I've been doing this show over the last five, six years. And, uh, and I think my list reflects my tastes, um, as everyone's should, you know, some people are more into, you know, a lot of action, a lot of, uh, gore. Um, and, and while I enjoy those things, man, I, I really like dark, ominous, slow burn type movies. I've just come to realize it about myself. Um, so you'll see a lot of those probably in my, my top 10, but, um, I think it's, I think let's, let's just get into it this year, 2020. It was a, it was a crazy year for the world, uh, with the coronavirus and what we had, uh, I believe it was starting in March, right. Is when theaters started to shut down. I was able to knock out, I don't know. There were, there were like four, horror movies that I saw in the theaters before they shut down. I mean, I saw the, uh, the turning and I saw, um, grudge and I saw, um, the hunt, the The hunt of the lodge. Um, there might've been a couple more, but, and then we just didn't have theaters. Uh, I, I ended up seeing some stuff at the end of the year, like freaky. Uh, but some people, their theaters, never have been opened yet. Uh, if you live out in California and those places, you're, you're out of luck. (laughs) You're not seeing any theater movies. And, um, so it could have been an unmitigated disaster for horror. Um, honestly, I think it could have been really, really bad because uh, it was very disheartening and disappointing at the end, at the beginning of the year when all of these films that we were so anticipating, 
started to get, you know, pushed. We've got um, Halloween Kills, St. Maud got pushed, Antlers got pushed, uh, Candyman, Last Night in Soho, uh, The Conjuring 3, Quiet Place 2. Uh, I mean, just just tons of stuff that were just getting pushed. Um, and uh, uh, we'll talk about some of those in our, in our preview for next year. But uh, what, what were your guys' thoughts, like, for this year in horror? Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think after you guys go. But, um, Tammy, what do you think overall uh, the year in horror was like without wow. a lot of those uh, theater releases? I think we got to give it to all of ourselves how well we've all, I don't think you know what you can get through till you're faced with it. I, that's something I've learned about myself. And I just, I'm pretty proud of the way our whole country came through this thing. And I know that there's people that, you know, were upset about certain movies, but personally, um, you know, I'm the oldest one on the show. I've been through a lot of years of movies in my life and I've got to say, I think this is probably one of the best, if not the best, years of horror. And I, that personal opinion, but it, mm-hmm. it kind of had a slow start. Um, some mm-hmm. of the movies that did come out weren't my favorite. But all of a sudden, it seemed like, you know, we were all stuck at home. And, oh, my gosh, where am I going to get my movies from? You know, I mean, the first time in my whole life that there wasn't a movie theater available to me and it's like we adapted you know yep. somehow we still got all these magical wonderful movies that i didn't even see coming down the pike most of them and this is just one of the funnest years i've had in horror and just as long as i can remember it was really hard i know we're doing top 20 but i mean it was so easy to find 20 amazing horror movies you know yeah, it was and 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 how many films a uh, total 2020 horror films did you watch this year? Well, I don't, I, I don't keep a list like you did, but I mm. was, I pared it down to about 35 that I w- thought were list worthy mm-hmm. that I then turned into 20. Yeah. And the way it kind of was for me is I feel like I'm, I'm a teacher with full of a class that all got A's. Some of them got A pluses, but it's like they all got A's, but I've got to like pick the best students and none of them are bad. Yeah. You know, and it's just really hard. It's in this list has, I mean, I have tweaked and retweaked this thing so many times. And like today, right now, the list I'm going to give you is how I feel right now. I don't know if it's how I'll feel tomorrow, you know, yep. but it, it's, it. I mean, wow. Like just, I think it says something that we're doing a top 20, Yeah. you know, and, and all of us could easily fill our list. I just, I think this year was incredible. I don't know if it was just more the kind of movies that I like. I did notice that there's not like a, a single remake on my list where I had complained like last year that, oh, there's so many remakes, remakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so maybe it was just my taste. You know, I just loved all this new stuff and different and really original things. And I don't know, it was just a blast to be a horror fan this year. All right. What about you, Vin? What did you think? I mean, I think with all those theatrical releases getting pushed aside, I mean, this was a time for indie horror to shine. Yeah. Uh, You know, a lot of voices that we wouldn't have otherwise seen probably or really noticed or been able to spotlight. Um, You know, I I think this is, it obviously would have been, it would have frustrating for them at at the same time. Uh, 
But yeah, I think that's we, we were able to see a really good crop of just filmmakers, a lot of first time filmmakers um, with really strong entries. I saw about 130 2020 films, and um, I could you know I could look at my list and say easily the top 50 I would recommend without you know yeah. without hesitation. Man, you um, killed it this year. That, yeah, I mean more that, than more than is usual. That a record? That's a record for you, probably. Yeah, I mean it's Except yeah it, it, on the show. it is. Yeah, it probably, you know, I mean, it, COVID, this whole thing has been hard on <laughs> hard on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it did also, it did affect my watching in certain ways, especially towards the end of the year. Uh, because, you know, we, we went for like almost two months uh, remote learning. So I was teaching, you know, sometimes it'd be like 10 Google Meets in a row in a day. And it just, it, it killed my interest of being in front of a screen. Oh, yeah. So there were a lot of times when it was hard to get me in front of a TV because uh, I did not want to sit in front of a screen anymore. So I probably could have had a much higher, higher list. You know, I probably could have been 150, 100, you know, 60 yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, but just for my own sanity, I had to keep stepping away from screens and pick up a book or go walk outside. Uh, I couldn't keep watching. Um, but you know, I think I think I got a really good, uh, really good, you know, a selection of watches in. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. You, when I look at my top, you know, 11 to 30, they're pretty interchangeable as far as quality, mm-hmm. you know, what made it onto my list were really, you know, personal preference and more like, what am I likely to want to rewatch, you know, uh, yeah, you know, which ones were I, was I thinking about more afterwards? Um, but in terms of quality, they're all pretty even. Yeah. So I was telling Tammy, like kind of how I kind of pare it down is with my, especially my top 10, top 15, like, what movies did I see that as soon as they came out on Blu-ray, I went out and bought them? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I have a similar thing where I think like, how much would I want to own a physical copy of this? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much, if, you know, if, if I saw this at Walmart, you know, uh, and you know, if it was 20 bucks, how likely would I be to pick it up? Exactly. You know, if it was 10 bucks, how likely would it be? Yep. <laughs> so I started thinking, I started thinking in terms of, you know, monetary value and the, the ones that are in my top 10 are always the ones that are like, you know, if it's in my top 10, I'm going to try and get a Blu-ray at yep. some point of this thing. Yep. And it, and it's just, it's kind of like splitting hairs sometimes yeah. Uh, yeah. with some of these movies. So um, as far as myself, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people have, have commented, you watch too many movies. Uh, I, I did get, I think around 705 um, new 2020 horror films. Um, and that just means I, I watch all of it. I watch the crap. Like if some dude, uh, and this happens, some dude like spent $50 and did a horror movie and uploaded it to Amazon prime. I've probably watched it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I go through every week and I see what's coming out. And, and I really do. uh, I I don't, I don't, uh, look down on anybody that doesn't watch as many movies as me because not everyone has as as much, uh, time to, to shift around and all that. And you've got to be more picky, uh, but I, I really do feel that like you've got to watch a, a good amount of movies, even the bad ones, so that you know what's good. You know that uh, you can't just watch all of the movies that other people told you were good and you should watch these. You got to watch some some bad movies too to to kind of compare. Like you know, uh, there there are some movies that a lot of people are really really hyping this year. And I got to tell you, they're, they're okay, <laughs> but I know what really bad is. Okay. We know what Veronica is. Okay. Oh, yes. We know about this. 
And yeah, but I think that's why we talk about everything on the Rotten Roundtable. We're not just yeah. trying to give you a list of here's what, you know, we watched all the crap so you don't have to. Yeah. Here's, here's what crap. you should watch, you know. Yeah. And plus what everybody likes is different and what everybody hates is different. Exactly. So that's that's just the way I look at it. That's that's my own personal philosophy. If you agree with it, great. If you don't, that's that's awesome too. Um, I think it was a really, really, really strong year for horror. Mm-hmm. Um, think about this: we got just a handful of theater releases, and if you're the kind of horror fan that all you are familiar with are theater releases. And what the mainstream throws at you, you are going to think 2020 stunk, okay? Because you're going to be thinking about the turning, and which I'm probably the only person in the world that liked it. But um, the turning, the grudge, Fantasy Island, you know, all, all okay movies. But like, you know, that's not the best that 2020 had to offer. But if all you're looking at is theater releases, you're going to be disappointed. Um, but as horror fans. This is an incredible time <laughs> to be alive and be watching horror movies because there's so much that's streaming. Netflix n- knocks it out of the park. You know, Hulu's got some good stuff. Amazon Prime's got some good stuff. Shutter is, trust me, well represented on our yes. list. I guarantee you. Yes. Um, yeah, they killed the way, it this year. By the <laughs> way, really if, if you don't have Shutter and you're a horror fan, what what are you doing? <laughs> It's $5 a month. Yeah. yeah. It's $5 a month. You're going to get Netflix, which if you, you know, get the, the good package is like 15, 16 bucks a month, $5 a month on shutter. So please, please get shutter because, um, it's well, well worth it. But I, I think that the, the amount of movies we got this year was incredible. The, um, the quality of the movies we got was incredible. Uh, even without the, the, you know, the theater thing. And I don't know if some of these were supposed to go to a theater and they just decided to, you know, put it on VOD or streaming or something. Um, because a lot of these that just went straight to VOD, they, they were, they were theater quality movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's at least one on my list where I, I I was shocked to have not even heard about it before it dropped. I mean, it seemed like something that should have gotten a wide release. So, well, what, what I find is, is that as I go through and I've been trying to really keep track of what's coming out every month, and I kind of try to put that on my Facebook and keep people abreast of what's coming out, um, there's so much horror that drops completely out of nowhere. Just completely out of nowhere. Like, uh, yeah. I, I haven't heard of this. What is this? Um, one of the things that, you know, I'm not going to say it because it might be on one of our uh, list, but, uh, lots of things that just drop. So you never know. I might say, okay, I think it looks like there's about 25 movies coming out this month. But if I watch 705 new ones and that, by the way, that's not all that came out. I, I believe there's over a thousand horror movies that came out this year. Um, uh, so that means that a ton of stuff is just dropping like on prime. And, and by the way, Tubi, Tubi's got 2020 films. Um, that, that dropped and it's it's just crazy. It's a great time to be a horror fan. So if you, if you disagree with me, that's okay. You, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, blast you or whatever, but I just, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. This, this list gave me migraines. 
<laughs> because I just I I want to I want to mention so many movies that I believe deserve to be mentioned, uh, and you know I don't want to put it on my top twenty list just to get it a mention. I want it to be my actual top twenty, but we're going to have a lot of honorable mentions. Um, I've got like yeah, three I mean, or four. What, what other you lists. said right there was something that I've been struggling with, you know, kind of even today Yeah, where I'm like, do I want it on there just so I can talk about it? Or do I really think that, you know, it, it was when you get to the upper tier towards 20, I think it gets harder to harder yeah. to keep that, uh, that perspective. Yeah. Well, I think between the three of us, we'll get a lot of different movies yeah. talked about. Uh, I think there will be some overlap. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But between our honorable mentions, I've got three or four lists um, that I might mention at the end, uh, or I might just post them on Facebook and Twitter. But it's like, I've got like 10 foreign gems, 10 horror-adjacent films, 20 indie gems. Uh, I just got a bunch of – because there were so many movies that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, And this, this podcast episode can't be – seven hours long so we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna get to it so all right real quick before we get into our top 20 we wanted to talk real quick about 2021 which we are already right in the in the uh the throes of in the beginning here it's january uh what is it the 20th today 24th 24th yeah (laughs) and um stuff has already started to come out and what are some of the most anticipated horror films that you guys just off the top of your head that you're looking forward to this year? Uh, the one that comes to mind first is the green Knight. Yes. Uh, that one, you know, I, I actually, I love that Arthurian legend. <laughs> yeah. I, I've read the medieval text. Uh, it, it's, it's a really cool story and I'm wondering how closely it's going to align because, um, I can see how that could be made into a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and related to that, you know, I only have two. The other one uh, would be Robert Eggers uh, with the the Viking film, The Northman. Um, yeah, that is. I mean, that's. I love Robert Eggers, and I am a huge, you know, uh, Viking culture fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, I, I can't think of a better match right there. So, yeah, no, that one um, doesn't I'm have a release date. I'm going to try to temper my. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to try and temper all my expectations, though. Yes, but it it's got an all star cast. It's got an incredible yeah. cast, and it um. Uh, it, it's it's in post production. It's done. Uh, you know they they they're just putting finishing touches on it. So it should come out sometime in, in 2021. I would almost almost uh, as long as theaters open back up, because uh, his movies do pretty well in theaters. Mm-hmm. The Witch and, and the Lighthouse that they, they they did. They they're did so non mainstream, which is pretty yep. amazing. Yep. And you said you had another one. Uh, no, those were the two that really stick out to me. What about you, Tammy? Mm. Anything? I want to, yeah, I want to say the Quiet Place too, but I'm a little bit worried about it because it seems like it's keeps getting pushed back. So I think I it's in know. April now, right? Yeah, April 21st. Um, I know there's another Conjuring, which I I do like the Conjuring movies, but I, they got to be careful there that they don't go off you know like don't keep it going for too long because it, it's kind of, i personally think they're great movies and it's they're fine just like they are so if they're going to mm-hmm. keep adding to it they really need to be good not just money makers you know yeah i'm not um, i'm not a big I, fan of the the subtitle there conjuring three the devil made me do the it dumb, i know kind of makes it sound like a horror comedy or something 
Well, I'm but... I'm pretty sure that's. I mean, I had talked about that case when we did the Air Exorcism episode. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, the the Connecticut one that is in my area. That's uh, right. Now, so see, that's, if they do that a, right, that'll be good. Uh, no? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I wouldn't put those two parts of a sentence together. Okay, okay. Vin, Vin's feelings about the Conjuring movies and the uh, and the Warrens uh, in particular. The yeah. Warrens are, are oh. very well known. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of like them. And then there's a, a Don't Breathe supposedly. Yes, Don't Breathe Again. And I believe that one actually has a like an August, a tentative August uh, release date. So that one's also already filmed and you know in the can, as they say. Um, come on, everyone's got to be looking forward to Halloween Kills, right? Eh. No, come yeah, I mean, on. I, I'm looking forward to it, but I've I've been hearing about it for so oh, long. I'm not yeah. like you know, it's yeah. not on my mind right now. Yeah, it kinda, yeah, it'll build it'll build back up. Right, you know, in the in the summer. I mean, you know, of course, like antlers and all this stuff. Those are all things that I want to see. But the the two that I mentioned are the ones that I'm chomping at the bit for. Yes, but. antlers is one of my f- um, ones that I've got on the list that, that I'm really chomping at the bit to look. Uh, that that's uh, I think October. It was supposed to come out in February or March, and then they just like this week pushed it to October. October 29th. It's yeah, nice. uh, Saint Maud, of course. Yep. which our listeners over in the UK have already seen because they got it in 2020 in the theaters. We did not. So that comes out here at the beginning of February. Uh, I did want to mention the queen of black magic. Um, that one uh, drops on shutter. I believe this coming week. I've That's seen good. it already. It's oh, great. Good. It's great. It was actually, you know, how I saw it. It was on YouTube for like five months. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, subtitles and everything. It's a great movie. What country uh, is that one from? Um, a, <sighs> Sorry, I put you on the spot there. <laughs> you did. You did. I forget who was the, it's the same guy that did, um, I don't know if it's um, the same guy that did, uh, uh, is it Joko Anwar? Oh, Joko Anwar, Indonesia? Is I think that's, but I, I forget. I forget. Um, okay. Yeah, you cut me off. But it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. I wanted to even include it on my 2020 list, but you know my rule is that it's got to be widely available, and you know just somebody randomly putting it on YouTube, and I was lucky. But it was up there for several months, but it's not been widely distributed. So that'll be a 2021. It says Uh, it's um Indonesian director, Kimo Stambol Stambol. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, we got Candyman coming yeah. out. Uh, yeah. Jordan Peele produced. What are you saying? Uh, that one <laughs> looks good. I know like you I hate just Jordan said, Peele. <laughs> you don't like Jordan Peele. You don't like his thing. But uh, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, starring mm-hmm. Anya Taylor Joy, who I just I have like a crush on, um, especially since The Queen's Gambit. But we oh, go. that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, James Wan's Malignant, which is going to be sort of his um, uh, Jalo. Uh, the Conjuring 3, of course. Psycho Gorman, which I just saw. Did you guys see it yet? No, it doesn't interest me. Oh, my gosh. It, it is hilarious. It's, it's <laughs> like a special effects, blood gore, monster fest that reminds you of everything that is good about, like, the Power Rangers. <laughs> but... It's got heart to it, and it's just a fun movie. Yeah, you might not 
enjoy it, um, Taminator, but uh, a lot of people are loving it. Um, how about this is another one that uh, I haven't seen a specific date, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is uh, that is. Um, oh, my gosh. My mind is blank right now. Who was the guy that's supposed to do it? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember hearing something about this, but um, I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't interest me enough <laughs> to keep to keep up on it. Directing duo Andy and Ryan Tohill, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2021. Yeah, David Blue Garcia. Yeah. Um, um, okay, I think. another generation. Uh, it says a sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, sequel to the original. Okay, so they're mm-hmm. doing like what they do with Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So there was and somebody still not behind. changing the friggin' title. There was somebody <laughs> behind. I think it might have been Fetty Alvarez. Uh, okay, he's got some that, good gore. That yeah. was kind of behind it. I thought he was the director, but maybe maybe he's not the director. Maybe he produced it and got involved that way. He's a producer, it says. Yeah, so there you go. Um, also, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead supposed to come out on Netflix some point. Uh, Nick Cage on Willy's Wonderland. Come on, everybody's got to watch that, right? It's animatronics. It's like, <laughs> you know... Uh, yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Forever Purge, I'm not interested in at all. No. Uh, Terrified 2 uh, gets a lot of people's uh, blood pumping, so to speak. Uh, not me. Not really. The that Terrifier? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Terrifier 2. Oh, okay. I say Terrified, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was excited. I'm like, is that is there a sequel for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Nope. yeah, that was so That'd good. be great. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, Art the Clown will be coming, coming back. Yeah. Um, and then there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, you, you can uh, check it out on my Facebook page. There's a ton of stuff coming out. Uh, I had like maybe 120, 130 most anticipated horror films of 2021 written out. Uh, so that means that uh, just a buttload of stuff is coming out. So I'm looking looking forward to it. Hopefully we don't have another pandemic. Right? Right, guys? No more pandemic. Yes. We're done. <laughs> no. Hey, God. Hey, God. We get it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a very quick break. When we get back, we're going to get right into it with our top 20 of 2020. I was like, hey, uh, oh. can you play the wake-up playlist? Do you like this one? Turn that up. Louder. Alice! Oh my god, what is that? Don't touch it! It's a good song! No! Stop! Stop! No. What are you doing? I know it's a great song with its catchy melody and sing-along lyrics, but we cannot play that song! It's only a song. I'm just gonna play it one more time. Don't! Stop! Killer songs you can't resist. Spotify. All right, we're back, and we're going to get right into it here. Order is going to go Vin, Tammy, Mark, all the way down. Vin, Tammy, Mark, Vin, Tammy, Mark, Vin, Tammy, Mark. All right, so we're going to go number 20. Vin, take it away. So this was the hardest spot. This one definitely had the biggest rotation. 
mm-hmm. uh, for trying to figure out what to put here. Um, I kept putting movies one, in. Yeah, I kept you know putting other, taking one out, putting one in. Um, this is the one that I settled in over the last like three hours, uh, and I might totally wake up and feel completely different tomorrow. Um, but it's one. You know, it, it kind of came down to again, like which which of these movies do I kind of want to go back to again? Or, you know, if I was going to recommend to somebody that, hey, check this out, maybe I'd sit there and watch it with them. And so what I settled on was one from earlier this year, Sea Fever, okay. um, from number 20, uh, by the Niesa or Nisa Hardiman. Um, this is an international production, Ireland, Sweden, UK, Belgium. Um, and, you know, when I'd first seen this one, of course, it was as COVID was spreading through the country mm-hmm. <laughs> and the area around me, you know, going into lockdown. Uh, so the film kind of it, it hit a nerve. You know, it's yeah. it's an infection narrative that takes place on a fishing vessel that's out at sea, out in the Atlantic. Um, there's a great kind of a mysterious element to it, something aquatic and almost alien. Uh, but the real story, I think, is about how people handle the infection mm-hmm. and how much they are willing to sacrifice to remain safe, or more tellingly, how much they are willing to risk the safety of others for their own benefit. Um, you know, it, this was kind of a, a very prescient morality play. <laughs> Yep. Uh, for our times. Um, you know, aside from all that, we actually get some pretty cool effects, uh, some shocking gore moments, mm-hmm. and some tense scenes, you know, where you have paranoia and isolation. Um, you know, it, it's... It, I almost consider this like a really good B-movie. Um, but it, it was one that, as I kept coming back to this list, it, it kind of kept, you know, poking its head at me. Uh, and I was thinking, okay, you know, yeah. this is one that I think I I'd like to return you. to again. Um I like the star of the movie. She uh, she was also in Slaughterhouse Rules and Rust Creek uh, from 2018. Uh, yeah, that was a good movie. It's definitely uh, one that deserves to be mentioned, and I, and I believe I've heard some people put it in their top tens. Uh, it wasn't quite a top ten or t- top twenty to me, but it's a slow mover. And did you even get like almost like a Lovecraftian feel that there at the end? Yeah, from the creature especially. Yeah, what was going on with that and. Um, yeah, that's why I kind of called it, I call it like aquatic, aquatic alien. <laughs> yeah. We don't know exactly what it is or where it comes from, but it does have this kind of, uh, you know, it, it could very easily have come from another dimension possibly. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I thought it was cool. You, you saw this one, didn't you, Tammy? Yeah. And I, I didn't love it. Yeah. You were, yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a slow mover. Uh, it, it picks up, you know, near the, in the third act, but, uh, yep. That's a good one. Sea fever. There you go. Tammy. What's your number 20? Okay, my number 20. And uh, I think this kind of also speaks to how we've moved away from the movie screen and where we're getting our horror from. And for me, this is the Netflix series Lock and Key. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, did you guys ever, did you, either of you see it? Yep. Nope. Yeah, you, yeah I, <laughs> my wife and I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. Um, so this was uh, written by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. And uh, it's a story of after their father is murdered under mysterious circumstances, the three lock siblings and their mother move into their ancestral home, Key House, which they discover is full of magical keys that may be connected to their father's death. And I thought this was just like a real good family watch. Maybe if your kids are a little bit older, um, you know, me and my son really loved it. Um, I had read not all of the comic books a couple years ago, but I remember I really liked them. So, yeah, they're based on some, well, I guess they're called more like graphic novels than mm-hmm. comic books. 
But um, yeah, I just thought it had a lot of heart. I love when there's kids involved and kids are trying to figure out mysteries, you know, without adults' help. I just I like that vibe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I just thought this was absolutely excellent. And unfortunately, I mean, there was just so much good. It kind of got pushed to twenty, but it's an absolute. It's an A plus if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there there was a lot of good horror TV. Mm-hmm. This year, and I and I, I don't mean just things that were on TV, like episodic type horror. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that probably later. But um, definitely was one that my wife and I got into, and she doesn't watch a lot of horror, but it oh, really yeah. kept, it, yeah, it kept her attention. It's really well done. I believe there's already a season two that's been ordered. Um, so, yep, that's a good one. And Vin, get on it, Vin. Get on. Get oh, it's that easy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? Is it 10 episodes or is it eight? I think it's 10. I think it's a long one, but yeah. it's, so it's worth it. It's good. It's good. All right. Oh yeah. And the, the lady that's in it, the, the villain, it's the same woman that was in the, um, what was the one with the, um, Stephen King adaptation in the cornfield? Oh, 19, uh, 1920. No, no, it was the other other one one for the same year. Right. Oh my Um, gosh. I can't, I keep forgetting. Yeah. In the tall grass. In the tall grass. Yeah. In the tall grass. She's awesome. She's a really, she was the villain in that. And she was the, the, the lady, the hero in that and the other one. So, yep. So watch that one. Lock and key on Netflix. All right. Uh, my number 20, uh, again, just like you, Vin, this thing switched four or five times and I, I really almost just put this on my like horror adjacent uh list because horror adjacent to me is something that has tinges of horror but it's mostly another type of genre it's more of an action or a drama or sci-fi or whatever i usually uh, think of it as like you know I, I know people who do not like horror at all yeah and if it's horror adjacent, it would be too horror for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. True. Now I don't care what your stance is on it. I don't care what's on your list. If you think it's horror, that's great. I don't care. You know, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. Oh, that's not horror. I'm just saying for my own personal taste, but it had enough horror uh, elements in it. Uh, that I uh, put it at my number 20 and that is VFW. Did you guys, you guys saw it, right? Yes. I just saw it. Remember? Yes. I just brought it up on the last rotten round table. I finally yeah. got it in and I loved it. Yes. It's a fun movie. Yeah. VFW is uh it's about an old group of old war veterans at the VFW, uh, putting their lives on the line to defend a young woman, taking shelter in their, uh, post, who's running from a deranged drug dealer and his army of drug addled punks. Uh, there's just so much to like about this movie. Uh, starting with the cast. I mean, Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson, Martin Cove, uh, George went is in it. Um, it, it's just, uh, he's been popping up a lot of horror films. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He has been. Um, but, not just that it, it it reminded me a lot of like an eighties carpenter yep, that's okay. film, not only with the score, oh, but yeah. the, the style, yeah. uh, the way it was shot, the lighting. It's like an eighties Canon film. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, you could you could slick it right in, uh, slick it. You could stick it right in in the middle of you know escape from New York and whatever, and it yeah. would just be seamless. It's that kind of film. Um, it's so like it's, it's, it's taking place in that universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's I mean it's action. It's crime, but it's also got horror because it's got a lot of blood, a lot of gore. It's all like uh, practical effects, and I can't recommend it enough. It's a fun, fun movie. And like I told you, I went out first day that it was available on Blu-ray and bought it. So, yep. So, VFW, I think that uh, one of the the better uh, action horrors I've seen in, in quite a while. So, all right, we're back up to you, Vin, number 19. Okay, we're getting one from Spain, mm-hmm. and this is a 32 Masalanya Street oh. by Albert Pinto. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm a, you know, just saying I'm, I'm a sucker for these kind of movies, but, uh, you know, this is a haunted house film set in 1976 Madrid, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the ghostly stuff is involved here. Uh, it's, it's this family who, um, they they leave the village out in the country and they're trying to make a new start in the city and they rent this apartment that of course is haunted. Um, and the stuff that the ghost stuff that happens, I think has some really good visuals. Um, nothing that we really haven't seen before, but it's done better than most times we've seen it. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I like is the horror. What really intrigued me was the horror isn't just about the supernatural. It's also kind of about the, the hardships of living in Francisco Franco's fascist Spain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he had, you know, I think he, he had died like the year before or something like that. Um, yeah, I think he died in 75. Uh, but he had a really, his regime had a really strong partnership with the Catholic church. And there was kind of a moral legislation consistent with church doctrine. Um, and like, for instance, divorce was illegal until 1981 in Spain. Uh, and at one point, you know, we, in the film, we see the mother and father together with all their kids having difficulty getting a hotel room because they don't have a marriage certificate to show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one example. Like we see these examples of an in- intolerance for what in the regime would be non-traditional. And these things kind of play into historical trauma that manifests as the haunting. Um, so in the, in the film, I think is in many ways confronting the Francoist legacy. Uh, from which my experience, you know, Spain is still kind of struggling to do. Um, yeah. But the horror genre, particularly through Guillermo del Toro, even though he's Mexican, uh, I, I think the horror genre has been ahead of the curve in this respect and confronting yeah. the horrors of Franco. Um, but, you know, as a lover of haunted habitation narratives, uh, I was really thoroughly impressed by this one, how it was handled. It's a really solid entry. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. You too. I just, I just had to check it off my honorable mentions. Me too. Because <laughs> I'm not, not going to, you know, bring it up again. But it... It does the haunted, you know, house. It's not really a house. It's like apartment type building. But uh, man, it, it's it's got some really good scenes that ratchets up the tension. Um, I, I really I thought the acting was good for uh, this kind of movie. Sometimes these foreign movies, like the acting, is a little bit different, uh, so to speak, than what we're used to in America. Uh, it was it was really good. Uh, wh- where was this again? Was this Netflix or was this Shutter? Shutter. Shutter. Some Shutter. Yeah. Yep. So if you haven't uh, seen it, check it out. Thirty two Masalanya Street. Tammy. Okay, I'm coming in with one that I think started out the start of the year at my number one spot for a while, and it's just kind of 
<laughs> you know, you know, like those wall walker things that you throw it against the wall and it just, mm-hmm. it just keeps hanging around. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I've moved it around many times and this is where it ends up at number 19 and uh, that's Vivarium. Uh-huh. Um, this is uh, yeah. a comedy horror mystery, I guess. And this stars Jesse Eisenberg and Imogene Poots. And a young couple looking for the perfect home find themselves trapped in a mysterious labyrinth-like neighborhood of identical houses. So I looked up what the word vivarium meant because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it's an area usually enclosed for keeping and raising animals or plants for research. And I mm-hmm. understand that a little bit more when you think about what the movie was about. I don't want to give anything away. But mm-hmm. yeah. this movie, man, it just... It just kept it nibbled i never forgot it like there's some movies that like i know i watched but like for the life of me i can't think of what the ending was or you know who was in it or whatever this one just kind of nibbled away at my brain i I never forgot it and i I think it's one that i would also buy it definitely gives you something to uh to think about Mm -hmm. it's like you're trying to figure out like what is this really all about (laughs) you know something this, this is trying to say something more than just you know what you see on the screen um this one uh, i had on my horror adjacent list but i understand why it's on your it, it's it's such a blend of genres it, it is funny and in, in mm-hmm. certain point i mean that kid screaming i just wanted to you know punch <laughs> him in the face it was a laugh but a comedy horror mystery sci- definitely sci-fi uh in there i thought the performances were great uh, Imogene Poots was, uh, she made up for Black Christmas uh, <laughs> with this one. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was really, it was really a, a unique movie. I have not seen anything quite like it. No. Yeah, I, this one, it's in my top 30. Yeah. Uh, it, it was close to getting to 20, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, uh, Luke, his name is uh, Luke, Lor, Lorcan Finnegan is the. Um, director and he actually had a pretty decent indie film in 2016 called without name if you're interested in seeing something else by him but this is really his first uh, you know bigger budget film and it had to have kind of a bigger budget to have jesse eisenberg and imogene poots and so but okay. definitely and if you want to see that if you haven't seen vivarium it is free on prime right yes, now. It mm-hmm. yes it is yes it is yes so if if we can guys let's try to mention that uh where where they can find the movie if, if we can remember okay definitely definitely on prime right now i'm looking at it so all right back up to me and uh this one is one that dropped on uh shutter and it is uh Indonesian, um, it's Joko Anwar who who did Satan's Slaves, which is phenomenal. Oh, and here's my note that I wrote. Remember when we were talking about Queen of Black Magic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said Joko Anwar. He didn't direct Queen of Black Magic. He wrote it. Oh, cool. So it's still his mind. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it, when you take Satan's Slaves, this movie I'm about to say, and Queen of Black Magic, uh, dude. How the dude's awesome. Right? This guy should be <laughs> the top of everybody's horror director list. Um, and uh, it's Impetigore. And I know some people say that uh, you, you should uh, pronounce it uh, Impetigore or Impetigore or whatever. But uh, I've watched many a interview with Joko Anwar and he pronounces this, pronounces it Impetigore. So guess what? So am I. Uh, this movie was 
really, really well done. It was um, about uh, this girl and her friend. Uh, they're kind of living pay- paycheck to paycheck in the city. She gets a, um, a notice that she may have inherited this house or, or this fortune. So she has to go with her friend to this kind of like backwoods in uh, Indonesia, this village to inherit this house and see what's going on. And when she gets to the village, something's already, it's just off. Something's off about the village. And, and I'm just going to go, I'm going to leave it right there. Something's off. Uh, it has something to do with kids. It's weirdness. There's all kinds of funerals happening. What is happening? And it, it goes from there. Um, did, did both of you guys see this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. I thought, man, there were some visuals in this thing that were just creepy. And whenever you have uh, something to do with, with kids, uh, it usually gets me um, right in the feels. So the fact that every kid, uh, I guess, uh, you know, it's not that big of a spoiler. I guess it is a spoiler, but something, um, there's a curse. Every kid that is born in this village has something wrong with it. And I'm not going to tell you what, but um, yeah, it was it was. It was fantastic. Uh, I had it actually um, much higher on my list, and that's just the kind of year that it's been uh, mm-hmm. that this movie is is farther down. Good choice. How would you How would you say it, uh, Van? <laughs> would you say in Petagor? Well, that's why I've been saying it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was listening to uh, it. Might have been um, uh, Mr. Venom's show, and he was saying it's impeti- in, in, impeti- What is it? Impetigor, impetigor. That doesn't even sound right. I mean, I know that the skin condition, you know, uh, is is. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave it at that. So watch it, Impetigor. It's on Shutter right now. All right, back to you, Vin, for number eighteen. All right, going to South uh, South Korea. Um, This one, I believe, came out on Shutter. Which doesn't really narrow it down because there were a lot of South Korean horror films on Shutter this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is The Call oh, yes. uh, by Lee Chung Hyun. Uh, no, that's it, Netflix. That one's Netflix? The Call is Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thank you for the correction. Um, so, okay, Netflix then. Uh, and I have not seen the original film, of which this is a remake, which is, it's I not think, as The good. Caller. Okay, from 2011, I think, right? The it's, Caller. It's a decent movie. It mm-hmm. stars Rachel Lefevre. Uh, or Lefevre, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a decent little flick, but nothing like this. Okay, yeah, and I I love the premise here. You know, it's something that I've given some thought to at different times in my life. Um, you know, and it, it, the whole thing is that uh, you know this this girl's living in this house, and she you know she picks up the phone and she talks to a girl from the same house twenty years ago you know 20 mm-hmm. years prior um so they have this connection and at first it's kind of this fun little thing that they have and then it starts turning very very sinister uh and i was just impressed by this you know kind of horror thriller and how they were able to weave all of this stuff together um you you have to accept some of the things without critical thought uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this movie is way more about the characters than it is about how the concept works um you just kind of go go with it uh but, i mean one of the things that i love is the performance by our villain um, you know, she was really good. Uh, she was at turns like sympathetic and cute. And then, uh, suddenly turns turning, yeah, yeah. turned creepy and very intimidating. Um, yeah. and there were just some, these excellent turns in the story, especially when you're trying to figure out 
how you can possibly go about outwitting somebody who's 20 years in the past. Uh, and I thought everything with that was very well handled. Um, not perfectly. I, I can see certain rooms for improvement for some things, but you know, I, I just, I recognize this is a very difficult kind of story to tell. Um, mm-hmm. And especially just in the span of one film, like this could have been a whole mini series. Um, and I think they do a really admirable job. I was thoroughly impressed and engaged with this one. So uh, yeah, the call from South Korea. It, 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 it killed me to keep it out of my list. <laughs> so honorable mentions, but uh, it, it, and, and you know, really the reason why I, I left it out of my list as I knew one of you guys would have it in there. And I was like, it's going to get talked about. I know, didn't let you down. You did. You did. <laughs> and we might even hear about it again, I, I think, but it's, it's definitely a really well-made movie. Yes. It was, it was awesome. It was, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. There wasn't any hype to this movie. It just like, one day it was just on Shutter. I mean, on Netflix. Hey, look, the call. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. great movies like that. Just and, and if it's not for people like us and uh, other horror podcasters or whatever, those movies are not going to get seen. They just get lost mm-hmm. in, in Facebook. There's a lot of really good foreign horror on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, <laughs> on Netflix. So the call. All right, Tammy, you're up. Well, we got our first repeat. My number 18 is Impetigore. And it is Impetigore. It's not Impetigo or anything like that. Uh, I I love it for all the same reasons that you did. I I think I just talked about it on the last Rotten Roundtable. I said it had almost like a slightly gothic feel to it. And it's also got some... I mean, when the level of creep, when you think about what's really going on here and... uh, quite creepy and very original and uh i like i i think i said too i loved the two girls like the two main character girls so much just they were just you know i really cared about them and fell in love with them and you kind of need to because it's a little bit on the longer side it's almost two hours but uh, i didn't notice i wasn't clock watching or anything i I absolutely loved it yep agreed totally all right so my number 18 we're going to South Africa. What do you think about that? Let's go. South Africa. <laughs> yes. Um, this is, I hate the rebranding of this movie. Um, the original title is just eight uh, South African horror story. And when this released um, on, uh, I don't know if it, I think it went, released to prime. You can see, you can see it on prime video right mm-hmm. now. Um, they, Completely changed the cover, which was awesome, uh, to like this generic, like horror cover that Dave Z would not approve of. <laughs> and they changed the name of it to The Soul Collector. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did they do this for? But anyway, this uh, draws on a lot of, of Af- South African folk lore. Um, an old man, uh, fated to collect souls for eternity for something that he did, uh, seeks atonement after trading his daughter's soul. Uh, I don't want to say a whole lot about it cause I don't want to ruin it. Um, but this, this guy named Lazarus, he's an older gentleman and he walks around, uh, basically with this sack on his back. And let me just tell you. There's something creepy in that sack, people. <laughs> did, did you see this one, Vin? I did. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. I just thought this was great. This was original. 
Um, I'd never heard of this uh, legend or folklore or whatever, and I love being um, awakened to things that I'd not yet uh, heard of or seen, and it, it just was like a mm-hmm. like a really dark fairy tale. Yeah, it definitely had a very uh, yeah a very fairy tale folkloric kind of feel yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, Harold Holschner Holscher is the director, and and it's a he's a first time director first time feature director. And, and I will say that uh, I've got a number of first time feature directors in my top 20. And I want to make sure that I tell people that because you can keep an eye on what they're doing next. So, so there you go. And I'm going to say it's eight, but if you're looking for this on prime, you're going to have to look up the soul collector. I'm sorry. Yeah. I did really like this film. It didn't make my list, but Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the things that threw me off was some of the acting especially by some of the white actors was not convincing. <laughs> Daggone white actors. <laughs> yeah. It threw me off a little bit. Uh, some of the, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it uh, with some of their performances, but uh, yeah, really cool concept and genuinely creepy imagery. When you start finding out what's in that sack. Oh gosh. What's in yeah. the sack. What's yeah. in the sack. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, back up to you, Vin for number 17. All right. We're back in Spain. Uh, and I think this one was Netflix, uh, the platform. Yep. Right. By Galder, Gatsulo, Aritzkia. I I butchered that. Uh, I apologize, but, um, yeah, another one from the beginning of the year, uh, that just has stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's a sign of the times or what. Uh, and I have to say, you know, I've had a real soft spot for allegory horror this year. Yep. Um, you know, as I think we've had some, (laughs) We've had some really good examples of it. Uh, we've seen it done right a lot, I think, this year. And a fair number of poor examples. Yeah. But uh, this one, I think, is best appreciated as pure allegory. Um, I've seen some people try to rationalize things here. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think the film is at all concerned with that. Um, you know, we have this platform that goes up and down this seemingly endless building mm-hmm. or, or structure. And people are living, or at least two people, living on each level. Uh, of this building and um, the platform goes down every day and it's got tons of food on it. And of course, you know, instead of people just taking what they need, they gorge themselves and they, you know, they take too much by the time it gets to the bottom, there's nothing left, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this platform that goes up, it has, there's no mechanism to make it move. You know, it just kind of seems to magically move and float, which I thought was actually a really good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it kind of, it gives you license to just roll with this, uh, <laughs> roll. This as an allegory. Um, you know, so the film does mostly it deals with greed and people gluttonously taking more than they need when they, you know, leaving nothing for those literally below. And, you know, I watched it at the time when people were hoarding toilet paper. Um, yep. So it really struck home. Uh, and everyone, everyone wants to be at the top and they all look down at those beneath them. Even if just yesterday it was them at the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah I thought everything about this movie was really well done. The visuals, the acting, the writing, the gore. Uh, it really felt like a movie for our times. And sadly it's a movie, I think for every time. Yeah. Um, I, I kept thinking of a, the lyrics for the tool song right into, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this one, No, but like part of the lyrics goes, um, don't these talking monkeys know that Eden has enough to go around plenty in this Holy garden, silly old monkeys, where there's one you're bound to divide it right in two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kept, I kept having that song kind of looping through my head as I was watching this. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a, it, it, there's something really, really cool here in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's on my, <laughs> It's on my horror adjacent list because 
it is it is horror. It is it's horrific what's happening. Yeah. But I also found I don't know what other what other like, fans are gonna <laughs> flock to it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more like sci-fi. You know, sci-fi through. I don't know, but I have no problem with anybody considering it horror. But it was, it was an extremely well well-made film. And again, this is another one dropped on Netflix. Not a lot of fanfare, and just kind of got around uh, by word of mouth. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely this is a director to uh, be on the out on the lookout for because he's very talented. Did Tammy see this one? Tammy did not like that one and couldn't finish it. Mm. Couldn't finish it because you didn't like it. it. Yeah, I didn't like it, um, but my son liked it a lot. Yeah, I think I remember you talking about it on the roundtable. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Tammy, you didn't like uh, Vin's number 17, so why don't you give (laughs) us yours? My turn. (laughs) Uh, Except you will like this one. So. (laughs) Darn Excuse us. <laughs> Sputnik. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sputnik. All right. Sputnik. Sputnik. <laughs> <laughs> um, brief synopsis. Uh, the lone survivor of an enigmatic spaceship incident. Not my words. Hasn't returned back home alone. Hiding inside his body is a dangerous creature. Um, this is available anywhere, but only to rent right now. You have to pay i don't couldn't find anywhere that it's um for free right now yeah. but it's worth your 2.99 or i mean it's not like a high price rental um i okay so i know we talked about this before but is this creature is all cgi but it's the best cgi creature i've ever seen in my life um really believable that it is you know right there with them yeah. but i also loved uh, how well, not not that I would know anything about it, but how well they captured 1980s Russia. Russia. Russia, yeah, or the Soviet Union. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, it, I mean, I don't know anything about that, but I was just totally riveted. And, you know, it's, it's a bunch of people that I don't know who they are, and I'm not even going to try to say any of their names. But mm-hmm. I really feel like this one went under the radar, and it, I just didn't. I know yes. we talked about it, but I just didn't hear much about it anywhere else. And it's better than that, I think. You know, it, mm-hmm. I think if more people would watch it, I think they would agree with me. Yeah, yeah, it's on my honorable mentions, and I'm now crossing it out. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of people were saying, you know, think think Alien, and I'm like, no, no, this no. is not like Alien no. at all. This is like a completely different type of story. Yep. Um, yeah, it's more cerebral, I mm-hmm. think, than that. And uh, I, I, I thought that uh, the CGI, the effects were really well done. Just like you said, uh, it, it is a full CGI creature. Do I always want practical? Yeah, but if you're gonna do CGI, you better do CGI well. Yeah. And they did. This was a very unique looking creature too. Yep. I thought so. I thought it was kind of really cool looking. Did you see this one, Vin? Yes. Yes, I did enjoy it. All right. All right. Anything else to say about it, Tammy? Nope. That's it. All right. I won't say too much. I want everybody to go in blind. Yep. All right. Uh, my number 17 is one that really I haven't heard anybody talking about very much at all. It's um, a, fil- a film from Norway. 
Uh, it's directed by Jared Herdal. It's his second feature film. This guy's only 23 years old, and uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Cadaver. Have you guys heard of it? Mm-mm. Heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, this one was just right, right up my alley. Basically, I hadn't watched it um, until the end of the year. So it kind of, I, I wanted to give it some love because I, I really enjoyed it. And, and the story is um, we're in a, a, a future where there has been a nuclear disaster. Uh, and in the aftermath of that, and people are starving in, in these burnt out buildings and they've got families that, you know, people are not able to eat and, and work and all that. And this family of three attends a charitable event at a, at a hotel, which is, um, hosted by this rich guy. And he invites everyone in the village or whatever, because, you know, he wants to help, right? Everyone gets a free meal and people are eating and they're loving it. And then they're like, they're like, we're going to have like this, this dinner theater. And it's weird. Like they give everyone masks and you got to role play and the, you know, and things take a dark turn when people start to disappear. And, uh, that's all I'll say. We'll leave it at that. Like their daughter disappears. They're looking for her. Um, it, it was, uh, it was one of those movies that I don't, I don't think it's been getting a, a whole lot of attention because it's not it's not overly bloody or whatever, but it's it's a horrific thing and it's one of those movies that makes you think like what would you do to survive? What, what would good. you what would you do to provide for your family if something like that happened? And again, that's another thing that I think is very uh, timely. Yeah. You know, what, what would you do? Uh, yeah, would you, would you, um, take from somebody else? Would you hurt somebody else, uh, in order to survive and feed your family? Um, so I, I thought this was really good. Uh, I was blown away when I found out that the director was only 23 years old because it, I mean, the film looks incredible. I mean, it just looks incredible. If it, if, if it falters anywhere, it's maybe in some of the writing, but this is a guy, a Jared Hardal, that uh, I'm going to keep an eye on because I think he's one one to watch. So, uh, Cadaver on Netflix, number seventeen. All right, Vin, back up to you with number sixteen. All right, I believe this is a Canadian film uh, on Shutter. I know you guys like this one. This is uh, Anything for Jackson oh, yes. uh, by Justin G. Dick, I believe. Um, and great premise here. I mean, you know, we have an old couple who are in mourning, um, who kidnap a pregnant neighbor in order to do a reverse exorcism and have their dead grandson's soul placed into the fetus. Uh, and I, I love that premise <laughs> and I like how the old couple is handled. Um, the old woman especially just does a terrific job. Uh, and I like, has this similar arc that I really liked in a dark song where a house becomes more and more haunted. Mm-hmm. as an invocation ritual is performed over a period of time. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love the community center devil worshipers. That was just wonderful. He really um, believes this crap. <laughs> I really wish I could have put a higher. Um, but I, for me, it's just, I felt the ghosts were in the entities. They kind of, they're overshone. Uh, they really kind of lose their creepiness. And sometimes they kind of start becoming funny. Um, 
I don't know. Like that's it's sort of losing its effectiveness uh, as far as having ghost. What's that? The big sheet ghost you thought was funny? Uh, no, not a no, not that one. There, there's something that we see repeated over and over again uh-huh. that starts to get funny. Um, you know, and there is one that kind of has like a bag on its head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was just kind of overshown. Mm-hmm. It didn't really help that I kind of recognized the guy from the internet clips <laughs> that I had seen. Yeah. You know, it's a very impressive routine that he has, but I, I immediately recognized it. Um, so there wasn't really any tension for me in like the last act. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I still had fun with it. I think it's one of the better stories that we saw this year. And uh, certainly one I'll be recommending people check out. I really, I really still enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah. We, we might have to talk about that again later. But we'll yeah, see. I think we will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll save some more conversation for later. Uh, 16, Tammy. Well, I may get poo-pooed for this, but I don't care. This was actually my most watched of the year. I think I watched this four times. Poo-poo. No, <laughs> uh, and it genuinely scared me. You know, I, I have no problem admitting when something genuinely scares me. It's hard to do. And this one did. And this is host on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I know, I don't know that I didn't hear it getting a ton of love, but I absolutely loved it. A uh, quick premise is six friends hire a medium to hold a seance via Zoom lock- during lockdown, but they get more than they bargained for. As things quickly go wrong, when an evil spirit starts invading their homes, they begin to realize they may not survive the night. And mm-hmm. this was, I think, wasn't this the first thing to come out uh, uh, in quarantine, right? Or, or that displayed quarantine or... It was during quarantine. Yeah, it wasn't the first thing to come out. Okay, it, well... It was just it was just filmed in quarantine. And then when, when did it come also, out? Do you have it right in front of it you? It came no? out, yeah, Judd, Probably came July out, 20th. Was it May? July, well, I, I got July 20th. July 20th. Okay, and I so. know I watched it on my birthday's the 25th. And I think I was on my second watch. I know I watched it on my birthday. So that um, seems about right. Yes. I don't yeah. know. I thought it was genuinely scary. Um, I, 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 ugh, that idea that you can't see what's going on behind you, but someone else could see. I think that's genuinely scary, mm-hmm. you know, especially me who like sits in front of, a computer all day long that is facing out a window. So I have my, you know, my whole bedroom behind me, the whole rest of my apartment's behind me. I can't see anything. And what if one of you like, what if we did this on zoom and when all, you know, when you guys was like, Tammy, what was, (laughs) you know, I would, I would poop my pants. I don't know. So I I thought it was genuinely scary, maybe a little bit silly, but I didn't care. It was my, I think my funniest. Tammy, that's why you always, Sit with your wall, your a wall to your back. I like know, right. but I want to look out mm-hmm. the window because this is where I work. So I have just, to sit here all yeah. day long. So. No, no, I enjoyed this movie. I did. I enjoyed it. It it's um it's barely a feature length. What is fifty six minutes? Yeah, I it's believe it, it moves quickly. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It, it moved quickly. I liked the actresses. Everybody was good. Um, it, it was very creepy in certain spots. Um, I, I just, I'm not as over the moon as most everybody else is about this. Cause, uh, Oh, I, I didn't feel think like anybody else was. Are, are, oh yeah, man. This oh. has been, this has been on so many people's top tens oh, and, okay. I feel it's, a little better. and it's a very similar type thing to say unfriended. 
mm-hmm. which, which came out a few years ago and, and got tons of hate. Tons of hate, but that I know, movie. And I loved Unfriended. Yeah, that movie like blazed the trail. Yeah. Uh, and I think this one spoke to a lot of people because everyone was using Zoom for mm-hmm. for work and stuff. So it was like more like, okay, this is more like something that's going on every day. Um, I'm on Zoom every day and this could happen or whatever. But uh, I, I didn't think it was, you know, uh, for me, top 20 material. I thought it was good. I really do. And well, and honestly, if this came out on Blu-ray, it, it's not been released on Blu-ray because it's a shutter. But they will eventually. I'll, I'll probably grab it. I'll probably grab it because I'd like to watch it again. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, this this kind of similar. This didn't make my top twenty, but I mean, um, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's an excellent example of found footage. Uh, and it's definitely one that I'll gladly rewatch. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like footage if, is not my favorite. Usually, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite, but I I don't know. I just this this is where some of that subjectiveness comes in. To me, this this hooked yep. me. This hooked with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep, I get it. I get it. Very good. All right. What we've got a three for three here on on number sixteen. All three of these for us are Shutter movies. So, uh, my number 16 is the Shudder original from Canada, Blood Quantum. Um, did both of you guys see this? I did not. Yes, I did. Yeah, this is uh, Jeff Barnaby. It's his second feature film from Canada. This is about a, um, a zombie outbreak up in Canada uh, amongst uh, indigenous people. Indigenous people um, cannot be turned okay right am i right it's been a while since i saw it right but uh this this movie has very good acting very good cinematography very good uh sound design and very good um uh score but it also uh it's more about like the people it's a good story um and the effects that it does have are incredible like really good, like chainsaws through the head and people getting sliced in half and like intestines dropping all. I mean, it's, it's pretty gory. So I, I really enjoyed this one a lot. And the minute this comes out on Blu-ray and it might even be out, I'm not sure, but I think this is a very good take on the, the zombie genre. Uh, it was very original. It's got a lot of social political subtext and uh, it's, it, it's very good. And this is coming from somebody who uh, I've said this on Facebook. I'm kind of zombied out. Uh, is anybody yeah. else zombied out? Yes, I'm. Yes. I've been avoiding them. To there, be honest, however, every year there is. Yes, there are a handful. A couple exceptions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and there there's a cu- there's a couple of um, zombie movies on my uh, honorable mentions or foreign gems or whatever. But this to me, this is the best zombie movie of the year. This is really top notch. Blood Quantum. All right. Number 15, Vin. Um, so, this is one that you've already mentioned uh, VFW mm. uh, by uh, Joe Bigos. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, just kind of piggyback off what you said, it's a fun throwback film. Yep. You know, it's got the gore, the violence, uh, 
yeah, it, like I said, it feels like a, a plot from a late '80s or early '90s film. It's kind of like a modern day canon. Like I said, um, like the villains are just such '80s action caricatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and th- there's a uh, there's a vibe, like a siege vibe, that we got from like from Dust Till Dawn and from Demon Knight. Um, mm-hmm. And we've, you know, appropriately, we have Fred Williamson and William Sadler in these films, uh, in this film, which were in those films, you know, respectively. Um, you know, speaking of William Sadler, I, I mean, I really. It, I was surprised by how good it felt seeing him in this role. That's what <laughs> um, I said is incredible. Yeah. He's honestly great in it. Um, yeah. I also like seeing, you know, David Patrick Kelly and of course, Stephen Lang, who's just an absolute, mm-hmm. you know, he's a beast of a man and uh, he's perfectly yes. cast in this. Yes. Um, all the cast is really good. Um, you know, and best of all, you know, these actors are given three dimensional roles that actually ask them to act. Um, so, I mean, they, they really, they are putting in their craft in this and they really grow on you um, and you mm. root for them. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the horror really comes from the level of violence that occurs. Yeah. Uh, but this is, this definitely takes place in like an alternate reality <laughs> yeah. type of world, sure. you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I agree with what Mark was saying earlier, VFW. And, and if you want more uh, from Joe Begos, I mean, he, last year's bliss was really good. Uh, completely different kind of movie. Uh, and he also has two good indie movies uh, from a while back called Almost Human and The Mind's Eye. Yeah, so he's another one to kind of watch what he does because he's basically, for me, four for four. And his movies have gotten progressively better. Very good, VFW. Tammy, 15. All right, well, I remember when this came out, I said, oh, this is my number <laughs> movie for the year and here it has you've done that several times this year i this is but you know it just shows this year just kept getting better and better and better and and there's just so many that were like oh my god this is just so amazing so uh swallow i I remember you saying this is my this is my spirit animal or something (laughs) (laughs) well because what i believe is horror about i know so many people will think this is not horror but I think it's about the horror of marriage or being in uh, an abusive relationship or uh, Mm -hmm. stuck in a marriage, which, you know, I've been open about. I've been there. So it really spoke to me. Um, So brief synopsis is Hunter, a newly pregnant housewife, finds herself increasingly compelled to consume dangerous objects. She has what's called pica. Um, which if, if you're low on iron, it, it'll happen to you, which, you know, tends to happen once you get pregnant because you have something eating all your iron and all your blood that's growing inside of you. So as her husband and his family tighten their control on her life, uh, it gets worse and she must confront the dark secret behind her new obsession. Um, like I said, I, I know there's a lot of argument against this being horror, but this is one it's just a completely subjective thing i think it's just one of the most horrifying movies that i've seen but it's mm. not blood or you know body count yeah. slash murder slash yeah. kind of horror it's um just the uh, the horror of some existence you know and just yeah. losing control over your own body with um having a disease or being pregnant and i think she had a little bit of some mental disease going on also so yeah. there- there's another film that I'll talk about when I, at the end when we go over like what what's left over like in my horror adjacent you know uh, two films this year like really um, seemed very similar to me in in that they're not overt horror 
and like one I really connected with this one. I didn't, but mm-hmm. I understand the, the connection for you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And the mm-hmm. horror for you. So I don't, I don't blame anybody for putting this on a, on a horror list, just like I don't blame anybody for putting the other one on a horror list. But, uh, no matter what you do, extremely well-made movie back up to me at number 15. And I think this is uh, my first surprise of the uh of the night unless you guys think i have other surprises do you think i had other surprises you're chock full of them (laughs) i'd be surprised if you did yes (laughs) um this is a movie that's not been getting much love at all uh and it's actually kind of like a christmas movie if you can believe it uh and it's an indie film called hosts anybody else see it yes i watched it last night Dude, I like this movie a lot. Uh, this was uh, a family invites their neighbors over <laughs> for a Christmas Eve <laughs> celebration, and they basically kill them all. <laughs> I mean, they, it's, it's kind of like a alien possession type film, but it just goes bat crazy. Yes. You know? uh, yes. When they sit down to dinner, that's when it starts. Yep. And. I was really, really um, taken by the female villain, Samantha Loxley. Mm-hmm. I think she's one to watch. She gave a really good performance. Um, th- but the movie's got a little bit of heart in it as well, yeah. but it's it's got some some violence and some gore and some possession. Oh, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. And it came out of nowhere. Yeah. It came out of nowhere. Uh, and it has I'm the sure- greatest cover art. One of the yes. greatest cover arts of the year. Yeah, I don't think it has uh, had much of a budget, uh, no. but it, it's uh, it, it was a smart film, and yes. I was I think it's going to be kind of like a a cult classic, I if do too. you ask me. So, and I just really haven't heard a whole lot of people talking about it. But uh, yeah, I think this is destined to kind of like be a cult classic. It's kind of neat that it it's a it's a Christmas Eve movie. It's not overly you know, festive or, or Christmassy, but just the fact that it's set on Christmas Eve, people are going to just automatic. It's the way horror fans are. Oh, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas movie. So is this, uh, but um, the two directors, Adam leader and Richard Oaks, they're, they team directed this. It's their first feature film and it is a, uh, a United Kingdom uh, product. So a lot of different countries, uh, on our list this year yep, a yep. lot and i think that's awesome me too that's awesome so all right uh we are number 14 vin uh yeah i mean i, I should probably just say because i know you guys both really liked hosts um i greatly dislike that movie <gasps> Shame <laughs> so it's, on it's not on my list oh man no I, my my wife and i we, we we were kind of we were pretty irritated by the time the movie was done. Oh, uh, oh my god, character he makes the dumbest decisions. Uh, I I I would have to get into spoilers if uh, <laughs> if I said everything. Uh, it's the, the, a the characters movie. I, dumb decisions are oh part my of god, our that movie. is not an excuse. It is not an excuse whatsoever. <laughs> um, no, this is beyond dumb. Like the these people are just you know. Uh, they can't even find an exit door. Um, 
but uh, I, I will agree with you that the one that plays like the female possessed demon, uh, mm-hmm. you know, her. I thought she was actually really good. That's really the only thing I liked about the movie. Um, so I'm just gonna offer that that voice of dissent on that one. Shame on you. <laughs> it's okay. To each their own. Yep. That's right. Um, so you know, I, I'm sure my next pick is not going to be on anybody's list anyway. So uh, you guys can say what you will. Um, and that is uh, from the U.S. It was a Amazon Prime original this year, and that's The Vast of Night uh, by Andrew Patterson. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I unfortunately it. loved that. So yeah, it, I mean, you know, we've got a it's it's an alien film, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's this. It's a low budget indie, like very low budget indie, but it, they've really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and we're we're back to Sierra McCormick, who was in VFW. Uh, so she's in this one, uh, playing the main girl, and I think her her performance actually is better in this one. I think, mm-hmm. um, but he, you know, the film kind of begins with this take on the Twilight Zone. It kind of it lets you know exactly what he's going for, that kind of vibe, and it's set in the 1950s, and I just think it captures the time period so well. It is just, it hits the nail on the head. You feel it. Um, And the town it's set in feels real. Uh, He uses these wonderful long takes. Um, You know, like, I think, I think I talked about this on a round table earlier in the year. And there's just one scene where the girl's at the opera, you know, operating the switchboard and she's listening, but it's a, it's a super, super long take. And it was just, you know, I, I was just, my, my eyes were glued to the screen while it was going mm-hmm. on. Um, so it's like this, there, there seems to be some kind of alien activity going on. Uh, and, um, you know, as cinematic as the film can be at times, it can also be anti-cinema. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it, at times it just feels like it, it kind of feels like an oral history collection. Um, it's very heavy drama. on Yeah. Heavy yeah. on auditory. The visuals completely disappear. Um, you know, like I said, it's like it is. It's just a great radio drama with some impressive visuals, also, with mm-hmm. throughout the film. And as someone who obviously listens to podcasts, I listen to audiobooks. You know, I listen to NPR. Um, I was drawn into that auditory aspect, um, but I can see other people being completely turned off by it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think for those who like slice of like indie films, um, they, they'd, they'd appreciate this for the first act, and then the sci-fi horror geeks will get a kick out of the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a small film that I think leaves a lasting impression. It's it's a quiet film. It's a slow film, but uh, yeah, it's I I've been thinking about it all year. I keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really impressive film for the fact that it's so low budget and this released um on prime like as free on prime uh amazon like prime original or something yeah it, it, it they yeah. they did the backing and the funding so that director they, they actually they must have seen something in him and i think he's one to keep an eye on because that was a it was a real visual treat i mean it's it's, it's kind of hard to take something without a lot of effects and a lot of action and hold your interest. Mm-hmm. And the vast of night did, did that. So, yeah. All right. Number 14 for Tammy. What you got? Alrighty. I have bit. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you both see it? Yes. Yes. Yep. So a transgender, which I admitted, I think on rotten round table, I had no idea. She was transgender. Teenage girl on summer vacation in Los Angeles fights to survive after she falls in with four queer feminist vampires who tried to rid the city streets of predatory men. I don't know. I know this is going to be one of those one-offs, but this one 
really stuck with me. I've said before, I think we need more queer and inclusive horror. Uh, we need these different perspectives. And I think that this shows how interesting uh, to me personally, I know everyone didn't love this, but just, you know, to be able to see things through different people's eyes, I think bring something different to it. So mm -hmm. I, I love the story. I love the characters. I just, I just love the whole thing. So. Yeah. Bit. I remember, I remember I've only saw it once and I remember liking it. Not, not, I wasn't over the moon for it, but I remember enjoying it and thinking that, uh, it was kind of like a modern, almost like Lost Boys, if it was girls. and Lost girls, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some sort of a, a play on that. But yeah, it was definitely definitely a, a movie worth watching. Did, didn't you think it was okay, Vin? Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say is okay. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't crazy about the main actress, Nicole Means. Um, I thought she kind of more bored and frustrated. <laughs> than uh, that she needed to in a lot of it. Um, the acting really blew me away. Um, it, it, it felt more like a ninety-minute pilot to a series. Yeah, um, I can than see like that. a standalone film. Yeah, like I thought. I thought it was fine. It, it was. It was okay. But uh, yeah, coming to CW this fall. <laughs> yeah, it had that vibe right. sometimes. Coming yeah. to it's CW better this than fall. CW. Bit. <laughs> hey, don't mess with CW. <laughs> Vampire Diaries was my jam. <laughs> Okay, we're um, at my number 14, and this is a film that uh, was in my top 10 until just recently when I did rewatches and kind of uh, moved things around for my final rankings. And it's open 24 hours. Uh, this is directed by Pedreg Reynolds from Canada. He's also the director of Dark Light, The Devil's Dolls, and Rites of Spring, all three pretty decent movies in themselves. Uh, this is a this is a film. This is this is kind of a slasher film. Uh, a paranoid woman who gets a job at an all night gas station uh, is haunted by her serial killer ex boyfriend. Uh, any of you guys seen this one? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. Did you like it, Vin? Yeah. I mean, this is top thirty for me. It didn't make mm -hmm. my list. I mean, only because I'm not as partial to like slashers, but yeah. this is, this is good. It was very good. Yeah. I thought it had a, a lot of good tension. The slasher was, uh, uh, was menacing looking. I thought that the setting was awesome. Come on, uh, a gas station open 24 hours out in the middle of nowhere. It's raining. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it was, it was great. Like escaped mental patient. Uh, it, it, it had everything that, uh, uh, that I was looking for. It was good, a good tense film, well written, well acted, very good, very good. So, um, I think this is one that a lot of people aren't talking about. It's kind of flying under the radar. So, open twenty four hours. There you go. All right, Vin, back up to you to number thirteen. Okay, another international co production: uh, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, or the U.S. And I think this might have also been on amazon prime and that's come to daddy uh by aunt timpson um now mm -hmm. i had recommended this film to a friend and they didn't care for it <laughs> so i know many people will not have this one near the list <laughs> uh but mm -hmm. it has like an indie quirky quality that i just really like um you know I mean, it, is this is this sniffing anywhere in like your top 50 mark yeah, yeah, it's definitely in my top fifty. I enjoyed okay. <laughs> um, Elijah Wood's performance. It was real quirky. 
there were bits of like really dark humor. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, yeah, okay. it, it was, it was good. <laughs> and, and, and I wasn't expecting the twist. Yeah, no, the film moves at a great pace, and it'll it'll keep you guessing as to where it's going. Uh, like you said, um, like yeah, hilarious moments. Uh, I like the dialogue, the awkward situations. And they really had this movie had me laughing out loud. There were very few moments this year where I was just laughing out loud, and it's a type of comedy that really hits me. He said Elijah Woody does great. Um, the part is just written for him. They keep talking about his kind eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it's um, a lot about people just kind of pretending to be something they're not, and then having the truth come out. You know, Wood's character, he's kind of like this, um, he, he values superficiality in many ways. Uh, the things that are very trendy yeah. and surface level. And, uh, you know, I, you get, I, get I know the impression that they're, yeah, you get the impression they're just kind of like coping mechanisms um, for like yeah. maybe some past traumas. But, uh, you know, the film, it's all about like uh, ugly truths and reconciliations and has good blood and gore and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff to go along with those uncomfortable laughs. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. It's another one that I saw earlier in the year and just kind of stuck with me. Yep. Yep. I agree. It's good. Good film. Good film. I would, I would probably, I didn't, I didn't run out and buy that on Blu-ray. Um, I don't even know if it's available on Blu-ray. I guess it probably is by now. Uh, but if I find it at a decent price, I will definitely pick it up because I, I'm liking Elijah Wood's career choices. I think he's yeah. got a good uh, eye for scripts and stuff that stuff that's kind of quirky. I, I, I liked Cooties a lot. Yeah, he's got his own horror production ago. company. So yeah, yeah, and and I really liked the uh, the Maniac remake. That was that was yeah. really good. So mm -hmm. yeah, there you go, Elijah Wood, Frodo. <laughs> All right, Tammy, you're number thirteen. Lucky 13. Well, this one is one I, I I can't believe this is not in my top 10. If you would have told me even a month ago it wouldn't be in my top 10, I would have poo-pooed you. Uh, Blood Vessel. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I'm still not very peaceful with the fact that it's I don't have it in my top 10. It's just other stuff, I guess. It just had 12 other things that sat better with me, but... I still hold that this is one of the best movies of the year. Well, obviously it is. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's right in the middle of my list, but it's just, I don't know. This one just really hit with me. I really loved it. We've talked about it a couple times. If anybody missed that, it's a uh, lifeboat survivors board, a German boat that's crawling with vampires during world war two. Like that whole sentence, right? It's like mm -hmm. everything I, I love, right. You know, right there. I just loved everything about it. It, it's only this year that this would be a number 13, really. Like, it's better than that. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just where it ended up falling for me. So, no, I, I agree. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely in my top uh, 30 or 40, but it, yeah, it, it just, I don't even know what, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it because it might have gone up or whatever, but it's just good fun. I, yeah. I love the practical effects. I love the look of the vampires. I, I like, I like the whole World War II kind of ghost ship setting. Yep. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to like about it. Yeah. Then you liked it too, didn't you? Yeah, and I can just echo what you said. It's it's in my top forty. Uh, you know, it, it didn't make the the top twenty, but um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think it's one that's flying under the radar. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are uh, are talking about it. Uh, like I said, I've heard a lot of top tens, top twenties, and 
I don't think I've heard it yet. So, all right. My number 13 is another one that I don't think a lot of people are going to talk about, uh, or have heard or even have heard of, uh, I heard of it, uh, from Tim Walker and he is a guy that watches a lot of movies as well and he recommended it. So I, uh, I put it on and man, this one, this one is really good. It's, it's a Turkish film, uh, directed by Orkan Biram. I guess that's his name. Uh, it's his first feature length film and it's called the antenna. Either of you guys heard of it? No. No. Telling you, um, Tell us. It's, it's about this guy who goes uh, to work. He kind of runs the superintendent of this uh, apartment building. And he goes to work. And the government sends workers to put this new, uh, like, some, some sort of uh, communications thing or something on, on the roof. And from there, it becomes like whatever they installed is kind of possessing everybody. And there's like black stuff that runs down the walls and then takes over people and comes out their eyes and people are killing each other. It It's very Cronenberg um, in some of the best ways. Some body horror, some... Uh, it it kind of reminded me of... Uh, a little bit of like shivers um, or those sorts of things, but it, it it had that, and it had that subtext though, that political subtext about you know it's the government and they're taking over, and uh, it was it was really good visually, really nice, really really stunning, great special effects, uh, good acting. I don't know a whole lot of Turkish actors, but everyone did a great job in this film. Came out of nowhere. Uh, this time last week, it was not in my top 20 because I hadn't seen it yet. But uh, <laughs> put it in there, and man, uh, if it comes out on Blu-ray, I will definitely be getting it. It's called The Antenna. Uh, and again, it's not going to be for everybody. If you're into that Cronenberg, like, mind control, all, all of that stuff, uh, you know, it, it's not uh, – it does ramp up. The action uh, in the third act, but it's it's not it's kind of a slow burn through the first two uh, acts. But if that sounds like it's up your alley, I think you can really I, th- I think you'll really like it, Vin. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sounds sounds good. really good. Yeah. Yep, and you can wa- I, I rented it on iTunes. Yeah, and it's been out for months and months. I think it just kind of slipped through. Uh, sometimes foreign movies will slip through the cracks because it'll get. It won't get labeled on iTunes as horror. It'll just get labeled as foreign, mm. and sometimes I'll miss it. But yeah, Tim Tim recommended it, and thank you, Tim. It was very good, very very good. All right, Vin, number twelve. All right, uh, this one has already been mentioned twice. That's uh, Empedagor mm. by Joko Anwar, Indonesia. Uh, yeah, just to add what you guys were saying, right? Uh, this is uh, an inverse of folk horror. Instead of unwitting victims being lured to this deadly folk ritual, they sort of unwittingly wander into it, uh, and the villagers kind of have to act quickly. Uh, the The opening scene of this is is terrific. On um, where he really he has a terrific eye. He knows what's creepy. Um, treats his stories with this real real thought and a genuine affection. Um, I love his characters feel like three dimensional people. 
Uh, and, you know, Tammy, I think I mentioned the banter between the two friends, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he knows how to set up a shot. He uses colors, you know, colored lighting really effectively. Uh, the village and the jungle just look amazing and authentic. And especially the this, this cemetery with the graves yeah. and the trees. It's just an amazing setting. I, th- I think they filmed at a real village. They yeah, they go. They actually did go to a remote village. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Um, and Tara Basro is beautiful, and uh, she's just a pleasure to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only thing that keeps it a little, little bit lower for me than Satan Slaves is just that backstory that is, like, too complicated. <laughs> and it's, yeah. like, <laughs> revealed, like, it's very clunky the way it's revealed. Um you know, and, and I, I felt just like I needed to take notes while I was watching. Uh, yeah, it, it just it's like it just it's thrown at you. And yeah. uh, one of the actors was too young for a certain plot point, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of distracting to me. I'm like, there's no way that person is that old to actually fit this plot point. Um, but overall, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the end isn't it, the ending's not bad, um, but it just feels kind of rushed. You know, I just kind of wish that it had been teased out more in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if that ending had been more satisfying, this would have easily been top ten or top five, even. Uh, but yeah, as it is, it's, it's number twelve. Um, you guys already had it on your list, and that Joe Quenoir is, you know, very quickly becoming person a uh, person that I'm going to watch very closely. Yep. There you go. Is that the first one that's been on all three lists? I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah. All right, Tammy, number twelve. All right. Um, I think this is one of three things on my list that has to do with Nazis. So that must have been kind of like a running list, we, running we, thing this we year. We try to tell us. Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, and this would be Ghosts of War from Netflix. And mm-hmm. I know you guys saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you loved it as much as me, but I loved it. Uh, quick recap. Five American soldiers assigned to hold a French chateau near the end of World War II. Uh, this... Um, Unexpected respite quickly descends into madness when they encounter a supernatural enemy more terrifying than they than anything they had seen on the battlefield. Uh, despite the fact that I didn't love where the ending went, which I said on the Rotten Roundtable, I, I didn't care. I loved the whole rest of the movie so much. Um, I, I'm just this total sucker for World War II. And so when you give me a little bit of that and some ghost story, like I'm 100% there and in, mm-hmm. <laughs> invested and, and I am going to watch your movie. So I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I remember, I think Vin said some of the ghosts were a little bit hokey. Um, I could see that, but I just, everything else worked for me so much that I didn't care. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. I just mm-hmm. rented it on VOD. And this is another one that my wife, watched with me and again she doesn't watch a lot of horror and she watched the whole thing and enjoyed it i like the ending i like it was it was different it was very different very different yeah and i won't you know won't spoil it but i think that maybe they didn't have the budget to really fully you know land that ending Mm -hmm. like they needed to but i mean the the chemistry between the all the soldiers Yes. It was good. You know, I thought the, the haunted house narrative was, was very good. And, uh, yeah, I'm right with you. It, uh, I'm not sure where I put this one, but it's definitely in my top 40, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Really good. Vin, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. I talked about it when, uh, 
when Tammy brought it up, and um, and I think it's brought it up last rotten on table too. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's an okay movie for me. Uh, I think it's worth a rental. It's worth checking out. Um, I wasn't entirely satisfied with how they handled the ending mm-hmm. um and that mm-hmm. twist like the twist itself is okay it's just the handling of it and mm-hmm. uh th- there were like certain inconsistencies that kind of kept taking me out especially with the the war stuff and yeah and like, like tammy said the uh, the ghosts were you know they, they kind of felt like something that we would have seen out of a movie 12 years ago like that kind of ghost feature um but th- there were there were still a lot of things that i liked about the movie though yep yep all right uh, up to me, number 12. And again, this is one that shared a lot of, uh, spent a lot of time in my top 10, but, uh, the, the year that it was just kind of got pushed out. And this is one of the ones that I saw in the theaters, uh, before COVID shut everything down. And that is Oz Perkins, Gretel and Hansel. Um, yeah, you can poo poo it all you want. Uh, this fantastic movie. Uh, I'm not saying it couldn't have been better, uh, but man, everything about the movie, the dark fairy tale uh, atmosphere, it's like, it's like, I really wanted, I want more of this world. Uh, I liked all the acting, the, uh, the witch, the lady who played the witch, incredible, incredible uh, cinematography score, all of that incredible um oz perkins again no, known uh most mostly for being anthony perkins son he's directed the black coach daughter which is phenomenal and i yes. am the pretty thing that lives in the house uh i just want more movies from him all the time because they're just a visual masterpiece i think um and this movie had just enough creepiness for me uh, like some of the scenes down went like the, the, the scene where they find out like where all the food's been coming from that, that was just like, you know, I wanted to like throw up and, and all of that. But, uh, yeah, Gretel and Hansel, that, that's a fantastic movie. I bought it the first day it came out on Blu-ray. So and nobody has to say anything about it if they don't want <laughs> I, I agree with you about half of what you said. <laughs> you agree about half? Okay. Yeah, I agree with half of what you said. <laughs> okay. All right. Definitely good visual. All right, Vin. No, okay. Creek was great. All right. <laughs> All right, Vin. Number eleven. Uh, this one has already been mentioned before by Tammy, and that's Sputnik uh, from Russia, right? Uh, Igor Abramenko maybe uh yeah she had already mentioned pretty much what this was but uh, a really cool sci-fi horror um i like that it takes place in the soviet union 1983 when tensions in the cold war were increasing again uh you know that rhetoric was going around um and it, you, know, you have this cosmonaut who returns with this parasitic alien and a uh, woman is recruited by the military to try and assess him and figure out what's going on. Um, and like Sam said, the creature design is really good. The CGI is convincing. Uh, I dug the performances and the writing, the portrayal of mistrust I liked that permeated kind of through the Soviet ranks. Um, it doesn't blaze like all these new trails in sci-fi horror, but the Russian take does offer a different flavor. Yep. Uh, and especially for a directorial debut, the result was a really confident and compelling product. And yeah, like, like Tim said, I really recommend this one. I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Like I said, it was on my honorable mentions and I 
crossed it off. So it falls just short of being on all three of our lists. All right, Tammy, you're number 11. Well, much to Vin's chagrin, it is hosts. Uh, it's what? <laughs> hosts. Oh, yes. The one that he hates. The one yes. that he hated. Yes. All right. I still. <laughs> you got to shut your brain off, man. Yes, completely. You got to shut your brain off. Shut your brain off. Shut the TV off. Oh, <laughs> shut <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, Mark said everything that you can say without giving anything away. So um, I think might that uh, maybe Vin maybe watched some other movie on accident. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it sounded like when you guys describe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Are you sure though? I mean, you know, only without all the positive adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, trust us. Trust us. <laughs> All right, my number eleven is Tammy's favorite of the year, I'm sure, and oh, that is man. Color Out of Space. Oh God! Yep, that is uh, Richard Stanley. His his return to directing. Uh, he's got good old Nick Cage as Nathan Gardner. Uh, he's over the top, Nick Cage. He's just great in this movie. Madeline Arthur's great in this movie. Jolie Richardson as the wife. Uh, Tommy Chong is in this movie and, and is really good. Uh, everything about this movie, it's a, a meteorite lands in the front yard of the, their farm and Nathan Gardner and his family find themselves battling a mutant extraterrestrial organism that infects their minds and bodies, transforming their quiet rural life into a technicolor nightmare. And I'm just telling you that this is one of the better Lovecraftian films that, that I've seen. It, it um, you know, this is actually uh, produced by Elijah Wood and his uh, company, Spectre Vision. So, uh, yeah, th- this was, I really, really wanted to see this on the big screen and was not able to. But this would have been fantastic on the big screen. Um, I-, I just don't know if it was Nick Cage you didn't like about it, but th- this is this is a fantastic movie. It was a day one Blu-ray purchase. I'm I'm happy that you had that experience. Oh, and I'm not the only one. I know that. One. I know that. Eighty-six percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. And eighty-two percent uh, critic score. Yeah, I mean it's I mean audience score. So eighty-six and eighty-two. That's that's fantastic for a horror movie. Yep. Yeah. What do you think, Vin? No, I, I liked it overall. I did. Um, the visuals were fantastic. Uh, there's a couple different visuals that are, that'll stick with you. Uh, you know, some of the story started losing me. (laughs) Uh, I, I couldn't say that I I really sympathized with anybody in the movie. Um, I kind of wish I did. Uh, and Nick Cage does get a little bit Nick Cagey. Uh, he he has, he has a certain choice that he uses like for his father's voice. (laughs) That was just a very interesting choice to use. Uh, I think it was was perfect for this film. (laughs) But it's, it it was fine. It's not top 20 for me, but, uh, I did, I did like it overall. Shame on you. Shame on you. All right. Well, that was our, uh, 20 through 11 and we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to run down our top 10. Hey, love horror movies? 
We are back and ready to get into the top 10. Vin, kick it off, man. Kick what's your top? Off. What's your 10? What's your number 10? I, I guess already hosts, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it is one that you recommended um, from Poland, and this is Werewolf. Uh, so, uh, by Adrian Panek. Um, I, again, another one that I talked about in the last Rat and Round table. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'll, just, I'll largely repeat what I said then. I mean, this is. Um, again, a Polish film about children in World War II who were uh, just recently liberated from Gross Rosen uh, concentration camp. And they're put in this abandoned mansion by the Soviet occupiers, basically. Uh, and this is supposed to serve as a kind of like makeshift orphanage. Uh, but very soon, like Nazi SS kill dogs are roaming the property. Uh, and these were dogs that were trained to kill the inmates. So it keeps them trapped inside the mansion without kind of any help from the outside world without food and uh you know it, it's one of the kids uh might be turning on the rest of them uh, mm-hmm. and that creates for some pretty good situations um i thought you know this is a very effective historical drama that has some horror in it uh it's not full-on horror movie but of course i mean you're dealing with the holocaust i mean you don't get more horrific than that in the first place uh mm-hmm. but you know it shows these kids in the very beginning uh they're they're damaged and antagonistic and uh, you can tell they're just, you know, they, they've been through the ringer from these Nazi guards. And sometimes they're actually just mimicking these guards. It's almost like, you know, uh, yeah, anyway, you'd have to see it in order to understand. But um, I think what's interesting about the film is kind of it's largely as inverse of Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a reverse story of that. And it's the film is gory and violent at times, but it's really, I think, affirming of humanity. Uh, and I like that. It was it was nice to get those kind of movies sometimes. I like Bleak sometimes too, but um, I also appreciate these sorts of things. And I liked mm-hmm. all the child actors. Um, I wish we got to know more of them. We really get to know three. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it, this, this was just a really, really good film. I saw this in like November of 2019 in... Because I got sent a screen. I had to sit on this bad boy for this long. You know, I think it might have been in my my top twenty had I not had to sit on it so long. You know what I'm saying? For for everyone else to to get caught up and watch it. So I'm glad that you mentioned it. And and we just want to let you know this is this is not a werewolf movie. Don't go into it. You know, uh, thinking oh man, I'm going to get a Nazi werewolf. You know. It's not that kind of movie. Like Vin said, historical drama with tinges of, of horror. I mean, the whole situation is just horrific. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, really, really good movie. I'm interested to see what this director does next. So, All right, Tammy. All right. Big Ten, uh, The Mortuary Collection. Yes. From Shudder. Uh, you guys both saw this. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, wow. Um, a creepy old mortician manages a very strange mortuary all alone until a young woman shows interest in working for him. The mortician tells the young apprentice a series of stories about those that have died in the town. And I mean, one of the greatest things about it, I think is, uh, Clancy Brown's role 
as the uh, mortuary guy, mortuary man. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a, a mortician. Like, Mortician, thank you. <laughs> a mortuary man. <laughs> I think it's a movie, isn't it? I think so. Uh, if not, it should be. Yes. Um, but I love anthologies so, so much. And that's what this is. And, um, and sometimes in anthologies, you know, some are better than others. I thought all of these were really strong. I know a couple, I've heard people say, yeah, they're all good except the girl in the bathroom. I still like that one too. Oh, yeah, I like that one too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... A really good time. And yeah, well, I, I love um, anthologies as well. And remember, not too long before this came out, the scare package came out. And oh, I, I got a lot of hype. And I, and I liked some of the scare package or whatever, but I know you didn't like scare package at all. Right. Um, but when this one came out, I was like, okay, I hope this is a not, not another mm -hmm. scare package. But I think the key to this is, is it's one director. When you've got an anthology and you've got, you know, three or four directors, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, each doing their own short, and then you kind of put them all together. It just doesn't always seem like it's a cohesive film. This one just ties up so nicely. Uh, that's the exact yeah. word I was going to use. This is a very cohesive film. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. like a chopped up anthology shorts. It's yep. uh, the it's very interwoven together, and uh, you know the wraparound story moves the other stories along, and it, yeah, it's just yeah. And it's, it's got, got a, a little twist at the end that mm -hmm. I didn't see coming. Did you see nope. it coming? I didn't nope. see it coming. I thought I it was uh, yeah, thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And the production values are. You know, off the charts. Off the charts, yep. yep. Anything to say about it, Vin? Good choice. <laughs> Thank you, sir. We'll probably, we'll probably be hearing about that again. Um, right. <laughs> my number 10. This movie was my number one for quite a long time. Um, until some of the stuff in the second half of the year started to, to come out. And uh, I remember begging Don and Nelly. Uh, who gets a lot of uh, screeners and stuff for South Korean films because he uh, writes for uh, an Asian film. I think it's Asian Film Pulse. Um, and I was like, I heard about this movie. I wanted to see it so bad. I saw a trailer, and it's it's nowhere to be rented. And uh, he just happened to have a, uh, a screener sent it to me, and it has sat at the top. You know, pray for about five months until something else knocked it down. And it is The Closet. Um, the first feature film from uh, Kwong Bin Kim. Uh, this is about a father who uh, uh, loses his wife and he tries to start over in a new house with his small daughter. But things take a turn when strange noises trickle out of the closet and his daughter goes missing. Um, yeah. This this was just it's kind of like a haunted house. Uh, it involves a kid, which will tear my heart out again. This movie had so much heart that it I actually wept at the end. This was a this was one that really hit me in the feels. Um, got some good uh, uh, twists and turns. Uh, it's well acted, well directed, very production values good special effects this isn't a bunch of you know you think claws and you're like oh it's just nothing but a bunch of jump scares and stuff but no 
that this is more about like the journey of the day of the dad. And, and he's kind of, he's kind of like self-absorbed in in his world of grief and in his job. And he's kind of let his daughter feel that abandonment. And then it's not until she's missing that he realizes how much he loves her and he's going to fight to find her. And the, you know, it, it, it's it's really good. It it kind of reminds me of the heart that Train to Busan had um, in in the first one, not Peninsula. Uh, but uh, yeah, please seek this one out and watch it. Uh, it's called The Closet. I, I loved it. Anybody else see it? Yeah, I know that Tammy didn't like this one, right? No, I I I think it wanted to be all the things that you just said, and it it wasn't any of those things. No, it sure was. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it more than Tammy did. Uh, it's not it's not my top twenty, um, but I, I did like it, uh, and I thought it was kind of cool when uh, they kind of start crossing over into worlds. Um, mm-hmm. I That's thought that was handled I pretty to well. Like it, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number nine, Vin. All right, uh, going to another one that was earlier in the year that has just kind of stuck with me, and that I bought the Blu-ray and I I'm getting the itch to watch it again, and that's the Hunt uh, by Craig Zobel, uh, U.S. film. Um, you know, one of the ones that got a really bad <laughs> bad rap before it even came out. Uh, but this was definitely one of the most fun viewing experiences of the year. Uh, and especially in a time which we've had so many damaging divisions and mischaracterizations and just outright lies in the political realm. It was just so cathartic to watch a film skewer those things mm-hmm. in bloody humorous fashion. Uh, it does just this great job of lampooning like the unreasonable extremists of both ends of the political spectrum. Yeah. And it's, it just works as great satire that way. Uh, I think I said it earlier this year, the, the round table when I brought it up that if you don't recognize the satire, you're part of the problem. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they achieve it by uh, depicting each side more as the other side tends to paint them and yeah. not as they would paint themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so whether you're liberal or conservative, I think you can recognize this and avoid being offended. Um, but essentially mm-hmm. you have this a group of Americans who are uh, abducted um, I, I mean, yeah, if I remember correctly, gets drugged or whatever um, mm-hmm. and they just wake up in these woods and, and uh, they find that they're being hunted. And um, it's just the first act of the film is basically a series of deaths that keep you at turns laughing and guessing at just who our main character is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. takes a while yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I was, I was totally psychoed by yeah. a couple yeah. of deaths at the beginning. I was like, say what? What? I know. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then when we finally, you know, this is, I guess, mild spoiler, but I, I have to mention it because it's such a like, is, uh, you know, Betty Gilpin. Um, she's awesome. Her, her reactions are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's not a character you learn a lot about, but it kind of makes sense because she's kind of this moderate presence. You don't want to learn too much about her. Otherwise, it would sway things. Um, and the other cameo I love is Sturgill Simpson, who plays Vanilla Nice. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I'm not at all much of a country fan, but I've been a fan of Sergio Simpson for a few years now. <laughs> so it's just a great cameo that I totally wasn't expecting. I had no idea that he was in the movie when I watched it. Um, so yeah, it's just the violence is bloody and kind of almost cartoonish, and it just had me laughing through the whole film. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this one. It was definitely one of my most fun watches. Like I said, yeah, Betty Gilpin is awesome. She, she's that. part of the show Glow. I love that show, which yeah. is canceled. You know, yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 
I didn't expect her to be that good in this, but uh, yeah, this was fun. It's not it's not my top twenty, but it, it it was it was definitely a fun watch, and it got so much help from the hate that it was getting because remember mm-hmm. it, it it got uh, pushed, yeah. and no one had even seen it. You know, it was just a plot. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is gonna cause division," when they don't realize it was satire. It was yeah. making fun of all of the mess. But yep, very good, very good. good. Number nine, Tammy. Um, so this was talked about already, but uh, I was a little higher on my list, and that is the call. Mm-hmm. Good choice, just, Tammy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I. <laughs> I love how she gets all the good choice, Tammy. Yeah, I don't get anything. Maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe no, maybe she she did put the hosts on her list. So. Okay. okay. Um. No, yeah. not the host. Hosts. Hosts. Yeah, hosts. Hosts. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I just I love the idea of um I don't know, can you really say it's time travel sort of. I just the idea that I so I don't know that something like that could happen. I just am fascinated by that whole thing. I think that's why I'm such a lover of Doctor Who and you know, mm-hmm. science fiction to begin with. Um it's such a different story and uh it it has a long runtime but I didn't even notice it. I was so you know, just even before it turned into a real super horror movie, which it really doesn't until you're about halfway through, mm-hmm. I, I didn't care. I was still loving it. And then it goes like off the rails. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think what makes the uh, villain so like you just don't see that coming. You know, you don't see that in this character and then she does a 360 and you're like what and then it just goes crazy asian horror after that but i mean it's so good so different and it just kind of snuck in there at the end of the year for me yeah really good again this is one that i really love it's in my it's in my top 25 um Hmm. so this one just just moves uh or just misses being on all three of our lists daggone it mark um yes but and, and i wanted to um just uh, send a caveat out to our uh listeners there is another movie this year called the call that has lynn shay in it um that is not the movie we're talking about okay did you see it i oh yeah it's it's yeah. not good it's got lynn shay and um tobin bell it's you know no, it's not any good. So uh, the call, South Korean, available on Netflix. Uh, let's go back through here real, real quick. Uh, the Hunt, you're probably going to have to rent that right now. The Closet, um, I don't remember if that's on Shutter yet or not. You might have to rent that. Mortuary Collection is on Shutter. Werewolf is a rental, I believe. Colorado Space, you're going to have to rent. Yep. So I don't know. We got away from telling everybody where they could find them, but oh, sorry, yeah. I don't remember where I saw half of these anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's this neat thing called Google. Do it <laughs> or DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. That's what I use because uh, it's private. They don't track you. All right, number nine for me is the wretched. The wretched. Yeah. Good choice, Mark. Good choice. Oh, <laughs> um, this one I had been anticipating. It was supposed to come out at the end of 2019, 
and then it got pushed and i was like crap uh it got pushed into january or the beginning of and that usually is the kiss of death that means it stinks uh if your movie gets pushed to january or something like that but uh this was all things kind of fun and fright night ish to me it's about a a defiant teenage boy uh, whose parents are getting divorced so he's kind of dealing with with that struggle and he gets sent to stay with his dad and he becomes convinced that his neighbor um is possessed uh she's an old witch right uh she's possessed by a witch or she is the witch i don't i forget it's been a while but um man it, it was just really really fun it had good effects it was well acted well shot well scored uh this is not like some highbrow piece of horror this is just good old-fashioned fun i really enjoyed it um brett pierce and drew pierce are the directors and uh yeah the only other movie they had done is in 2011 called deadheads but um yeah this one this one was again first day it came out on blu-ray i was there and i and i picked it up so uh the wretched there you go uh number eight then uh one that you already mentioned that's blood quantum yes uh jeff barnaby uh canadian film mm-hmm. right uh yeah and this is yeah like you kind of you mentioned it's a very refreshing take on the zombie subgenre um you know i think that another example that didn't make my list though that i really liked though was yummy um oh, yeah. that's certainly that's one that honorable mentions yeah, yeah uh definitely one people should check out um yeah and it's set you know on indian reservation uh but basically we see the roles reversed um once the zombie outbreak happens between white and you know native society uh and the title refers to the blood quantum laws to the indian blood laws uh there are laws that are that are established um, basically to uh, define ancestry. <laughs> you know, they're basically put there in order to kind of create legal definitions of race populations. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's referring to this, you know, what's in your blood. Cause of course, you know, as, as Mark had mentioned that the uh, native American population is um, immune to the, uh, the outbreak. Um, so in the film, there's like this bridge that spans a river that separates the affluent white town from the reservation. And in the beginning, the res is certainly the poorer side. But once the zombie outbreak occurs, everything gets reversed. Um, and just, you know, there's a lot, there's so much social consciousness going on in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they're definitely speaking the things. The one scene that really stuck out to me is where, uh, an infected blanket is brought in, to the res by a white man and they immediately kind of take it from him and burn it and i, yeah. I couldn't help but think that that had double meaning you know a considering some pause. past events right mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i mean there's fun characters the the grandfather was great <laughs> yeah. uh you know gore and action uh yeah, but it's it's a film that's grounded with a lot of you know humanity mm-hmm. um and we all we have some surprising deaths though too. Uh, it's not trope free, but nevertheless, I think it's definitely one of the more culturally important horror films of the year, and uh, one that I had a great time with. I, I was really impressed with this one. Yep, yeah, those are the two best uh, zombie movies of the year: uh, Blood, Blood Quantum and Yummy. But they're they're two totally different. Oh yeah, like tones. <laughs> Yummy is so funny. Yeah, you know, we're talking about a dude that has a penis surgery and it gets like frozen <laughs> off or something. I don't know what it was. It was crazy, but 
All right. So Blood Quantum for the second time. All right, Tammy, you're number eight. All right. Well, this one I have to thank Mark for, and it's uh, The Dark and the Wicked. Mm-hmm. Good choice, Tammy. Thank you very Good much. Good choice. Um, this is one that I had to pause and take a breath, and, you know, it scared me. So uh, this follows two siblings who are summoned back to the family farm to await the inevitability of their father's death. What initially appears to be a timeless ritual of loss and remembrance turns out to be something very different. Mm -hmm. Um, Total slow burn, some very uh, shocking scenes in here. It's one of those where things are um, happening in the background that you got to, you know, you may or may not notice. Uh, You got to kind of watch what's going on. I thought it was extremely, just genuinely scary and uh, disturbing, and it kind of hurt my guts a little bit and um, gave me some feels, and one of the feels was actual scared, (laughs) for sure, among some other ones. So I was just absolutely excellent. Yep. I mean, I've said many times before that nothing really scares me anymore because I've seen so much horror. Right. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean like certain scenes or something won't won't throw a shiver. Yep. And there were several scenes in this movie that I was like, you know, gave me the willies. Yes. Yes. You know? Absolutely. So, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Good choice. <laughs> All right. My number eight is one that I know Vin didn't like. And oh. daggone it, I don't care. Uh, it's on Netflix, and it is the Spanish film Don't Listen, uh, also called Vosses. And again, we're talking about a haunted house. We're talking about kind of like possession. We're talking about a kid involved in this. And by the way, children aren't spared in this movie. Uh, it's got some really great scares, some good jump scares that I think are earned. Um, I enjoy the, um, uh, the dynamic of the family and I, I just, man, everything about it. I really loved. I was so impressed when I watched it, um, the production values and everything. And then the ending just, just tore my heart out. It was like, Oh gosh, like <laughs> the, the pain the pain as a parent um, that you would be feeling or whatever. That's uh, uh, Angel Gomez Hernandez's first feature film, and man, what a what a uh, a great one it is. It's uh, called "Don't Listen," and, and don't you even say a word, Vin. Don't you <laughs> even say a word. Good. I know I'm in the minority on this one. So no, uh, I I gave up after ten minutes. So you oh really? Okay, I did. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think you get more than ten how minutes. Did you but... give up after ten minutes? <laughs> Just like that? <laughs> did you even get to the part where the the woman has the uh, the car crash? I don't remember to be honest with no, you. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. It's not really that big of a spoiler, but th- this this young kid's uh, uh, she's like his shrink or whatever his counselor. She gets in this car accident, and man, they show this. Oh yes, I did. She, go through her head, and she's yes, still I saw that. Yes, alive absolutely. and breathing. Like, how could you turn the movie off after you see that? Like, I don't understand that. I really don't. <laughs> that don't part listen, was- baby. 
don't listen to Tammy about this movie. <laughs> Watch it. It's on Netflix. All right. Number seven, Vin. My number seven. Um, hold on. So I'm trying to switch tabs here. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back in uh, South Korea. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this one was Shudder. Um, and that is Monstrum. I knew you were uh, on your list. Yeah, uh, by Hugh Jong Ho. Uh, you know, this is just right up my alley. It really is. Um, yeah, set in uh, fifteen twenty seven, uh, and it's like there's this uh, plague spreading, um, and rumors that, that that there's this mysterious, vicious creature called Monstrum <laughs> roaming around the country. Um, yeah, like spreading the disease and everything. Um, and I, I think I, I mentioned in the past that you know I've always had kind of this interest in. Like historical edge weapons, uh, you know, it's a hobby that I've gotten back into in the past year. Um, I love just sword play. Uh, that's also renewed my fondness for fantasy. Um, so this kind of medieval action historical fantasy monster film <laughs> was just kind of right up my alley, and uh, it's me, one I had. A, let me just that? make sure the audience knows he likes sword play as in metal swords. Okay, that is hot. Yes, <laughs> sword play can be taken. In a different way. Oh. Um, <laughs> just I don't think anyone else thought Mark, that. Mark, I, th- I think uh, you used the public I know our listeners are going to go there. They're going <laughs> to go there. He likes uh, metal swords. All right, take it away, Vin. You use the public restroom differently than me. I can tell. Uh, but yeah, I just I had an absolute blast with this movie. Uh, it, it's just yeah, the characters, um, characters you actually like and care about, which we don't always find. <laughs> um, the action can be over the top, but it's it's fun in that way. Uh, there's a good use of humor, and the the interactions of the characters are genuinely heartfelt. Um, the CGI, admittedly, isn't always perfect, uh, but it mostly held up, especially where it counts. And it never took me out of the story at all. There's, um, there's just a few places where you yeah, really notice it. It's completely yeah. forgivable, though. Yeah. Um, and it's just a great movie I look forward to returning to. Um, it's just, you know, I like the the fantasy <laughs> historical swordplay of it all. And uh, it's just a fun monster film as well. Um, yeah, it, it's exactly it, it exactly hits my sweet spot. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. It's in my it's in my top thirty. Um, just just too many good movies for me this year to to have everything in there. But yeah, that's the only thing. If it if it didn't have those moments where the CGI took me out of it, it probably would have been in my top twenty. But I'm I'm a hard grader on CGI, you know. And uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit. Uh, it didn't have the comedy, of course, of like the host. Mm-hmm which is the South Korean film that gets a lot of praise and a lot of love. And it's a good film, but some of the CGI in that thing is. Yeah. Really it hasn't all held up. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So number seven, Monstrum. How about you, Tammy? Number seven. Uh, number seven, um, Servant. Ooh. The, uh, which season two has started. I have not started watching it yet, but, um, first- I've seen the first episode. Is it good? Does it look like it's going to be good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Um, so I haven't talked about this in a while, uh, but this is a, and I think it technically started, I think its first episode was in December of 2019, but I think the whole rest of it was in 2020. So I'm counting it. Um, mm-hmm. It's an M. Night Shyamalan series that was on Apple TV. 
A uh, Philadelphia couple is in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. And that does nothing to sell it to you, but uh, you really, you got to go in knowing as little as possible. Um, I think what we have said on the show before is the couple uh, lost their baby and so they get one of those life-like babies uh, for to help the mom get through mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. hand, she doesn't handle the death very well, but everyone around her then has to pretend that this baby is... Um, real and they talk to it like it's real and they you know they it's completely real to her I believe and they so it's so real that they end up hiring a nanny and uh, she's a strange duck and uh, you know we (laughs) some weird uh, boundary crossing the uh, just um, it's you know when you enter uh, bring in another woman into a marriage, which I'm not saying like you know they didn't bring her in for like threesomes or something like that. It's just I think it just upsets the dynamic of the home in many ways. Plus, she's there's just something really off about her, and um, you know we don't have any answers as to what yeah. or why or anything like that and uh, i'm so glad it got a second season it, it, it's just the production value the story i am i love i'm not m night Shyamalan. i know he's not everybody's cup of tea he is my cup of tea mm-hmm. um that mystery it, it just really great actors and i mean it doesn't have a huge cast or anything but it's just really disturbing really mm-hmm. disturbing so yeah yeah and just uh uh, a trigger warning if you don't seeing uh, different animals being killed for food don't watch it oh uh, yeah that's true because the the dude is a is a chef and it shows him killing some certain you know eels like and weird, stuff like that like but they're still exotic yeah. food like weird food yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's definitely it's definitely uh it's definitely an M Night Shyamalan thing because it's yeah, strange. Hear it too. Yeah, it's strange, and you're always wondering like what what's ha- what's going to happen. Like you it's don't unsettling. know where it's going. It. We watched almost the entire season, and we had no idea what was going to happen. Nope. We were like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yes. um, and we still don't really know exactly no. what's happening. Yep. It, it's good though. I'm glad they got a second season. Just started uh, a few weeks ago. So if you are interested, you can binge that first season on Apple TV or Apple Plus or whatever it's called, yeah. and uh, and then get into season two, which they are releasing. Um, it might be every Friday because Apple TV released. They don't let you binge. They 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 do it one a week until the season's over. So. All right, very good, very good. All right, uh, my number seven again. I, I think what we're we're seeing here is I, I've been getting into some heavy movies. You know, I think don't listen. The closet is pretty pretty heavy. Um, this one is as well. It's called Relic, and it's from Australia and the United States. It's a team effort here. Natalie Erica James is the director, and it's her first feature length. Um, this one is again, very, very, uh, slow in building its tension. 
very atmospheric, um, a very atmosphere of dread. It basically a woman um, goes to take care of her mother who is increasingly, she's got dementia, right? And she's kind of um, have some increasingly volatile behavior. And she kind of links that to an evil presence at their family's decaying country home. So it, it's, it's basically, um, it's a drama. It's a family drama. It's really more without, I guess, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a lot of allegory <laughs> going on here about aging and dementia and all that. But, uh, the ending blew me away. Um, the acting was great. Emily Mortimer was great. Robin Nevin as the uh, as Edna, the, the mom, was great. Bella Heathcote was great. I didn't know that Jake Gyllenhaal produced this. Um, he did? Yeah, I mean, he he was not in it or direct. He just produced right. it. He provided he provided the funds or whatever to to get the movie made. It it has a um, uh, a really really thick atmosphere of dread. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this is another one that might might have you weeping, uh, especially if you have um, experienced. Um, the effects of dementia on families uh, as as some of our parents or grandparents grow older and, and and you see them kind of crumbling mentally that way. uh, Yeah. This, this one can, can get the waterworks going as well. So this is, this is a horror drama, but it's definitely got a lot of, a lot of horror in it. So relic and it's not the relic. Okay, that's a movie starring Tom Sizemore, I think, from the 80s. Mir Sorvino. Yes. So, Relic, <laughs> 2020. All right, Vin, number six. Yeah, I'm going to uh, one of the larger releases, I guess, earlier in the year, and that's Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S.-Australia co-production. Um, yeah, Wanell, I mean, he takes the classic tale by H.G. Wells and kind of morphs it into a, a harrowing tale of abuse and control. Um, you know, right from the beginning, we're put into a tense situation of Elizabeth Moss's character uh, trying to escape this relationship and needing to outwit her boyfriend to do so. And it kind of immediately sets a tone of cat and mouse of each side needing to employ deception to be successful. And I love stories like that. Uh, the, the film, it finds a way to really exploit what an invisible man can do. Uh, I just remember the, uh, you know, I, I love the original James Whale version. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that invisible man, he's like derailing trains and he throws money around the street. Uh, he's doing things that you can kind of do if you're visible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you don't need to be invis- invisible to accomplish the things that he was he was doing. Um, but instead, we get something more like a stalk and slash film, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against a character that we watch fall deeper and deeper into a hole that seems impossible to escape from. Uh, just a victim of violence, mistrust, of gaslighting, of having those she loves abandon her or be killed off. Um, and I think Elizabeth Moth handles it excellently. Uh, and there is a very satisfying conclusion to the whole affair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought this was just a, a terrific, solid entry into the year. And, and I really liked uh, uh, how at the beginning, you know, it, it, they, they try to get you to think, is she crazy? Yeah. Is she going crazy or is she, is this something that is really happening? And, and some of the special effects in this is, uh, are so good. 
the way they did it. Uh, I think it's kind of neat. Uh, I've seen like a little mini documentary on on how they achieved a lot of the special effects and like her being, you know, drug around the room and uh, it, it it was really good. And this is um, it's one that I hated to leave out. Uh, I, I, yeah, me too. I, I put it at like number twenty one, but it could have very easily like Vin was saying before we really started counting down there's a lot between 11 and like 30 that are very interchangeable you know and and I, I would I would say this is this is definitely worthy of a watch and I, I did uh, buy it on blu-ray as soon as it came out so there you go and that restaurant scene holy crap oh man yeah what I didn't see that coming and I was like holy crap so all right tammy you're number six um back to me already okay um hunter hunter i snuck in at the end of the year i think we just just talked about it on last round table but uh joseph and his family live in a remote wilderness as fur trappers but their twink twink twinkwillity (laughs) twinkwillity Their tranquility is threatened when they think they are being hunted by the return of a rogue wolf. And Joseph leaves them behind to track it. My advice, go in knowing nothing. It's not what you think. It's nothing like what you think. Um, It felt really fresh to me. I absolutely love this. It was disturbing, like gut-punching disturbing in some parts. Um... I think, Mark, you said that one thing at the end made you mad that made me mad, too. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just, wow. And it made made what happened at the end even sweeter. Yes, it sure did. It sure did. uh, Yes, this is one that uh, actually does have a nice bow at the end. But in the best way, I mean, uh, it couldn't have gone any other way than it did. But it's just not what you think think it is going into yeah. it so go in knowing nothing it's so good yeah this one just missed my top 20 um it was one of those things again that came down to uh how much i felt rewatch value it had for me um mm-hmm. you know i loved the first watch but i don't know if i could see myself returning to it over and over again um mm-hmm. but that's the only reason why it wasn't higher on my list but i really did like that one yeah yeah okay. my honorable mentions which i'm crossing off right now uh, <laughs> i would say this it the ending makes up for a lot that it might be lacking in the rest of the movie uh, i still enjoyed the entire movie from beginning to end but i can see some people saying well it's not horror enough until the very end and i, I get that but it's really well made it's well acted it's 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 well shot great cinematography all of that um and and it makes you it makes you think it's one thing and it's really something else. And it does it <laughs> and, well. Yeah. It really got me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely a, a popular pick um, that I've been hearing a lot about. So Hunter Hunter. All right. Top five. Let's go. I know this is, this has got to be on somebody else's list. So uh, we're, we're going to be talking about this more, but um, dropped on Netflix from director, a uh, first time director, Remy Weeks. From the UK, it's his house. 
Uh, a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. Yeah, th- this film blew me away. Uh, <laughs> the whole plight of the refugee couple, um, the fact that they are already they're being. Um, discriminated against and they're not really welcome in the UK, you know, where, and they get put in this place where they put refugees, uh, and it's not a nice place. It's not a nice house, uh, for them to stay in. It's all, um, I don't even know, kind of decaying and stuff, but it also ends up kind of being haunted, so to speak. Uh, I won't say any more about that cause it, you know, it's maybe not necessarily the house, that's haunted. <laughs> um, just very emotional, but also the parts that are like the haunting or, or like there are, there are parts where they're in their house, but then they, they are like kind of transported to a, to another place or to, you know, like the one where he's in his kitchen and all of a sudden he's yeah. like in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Uh, just really amazing visuals. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's scary in some parts. And then I'm telling you the end of this just, just cuts you. Yes. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know? So I, I like horror that there's a lot of that have a, that has, I like horror that has a lot of heavy themes and this one has really, really heavy themes in, in droves. In, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, don't don't go in watching this uh, if you're looking for a feel good horror movie because <clears throat> it's not feel good at all. Remember, this one took me three watches. I thought this was genuinely scary. Yeah, disturbing yep. visuals. Like I, I maybe that's just what is disturbing to me. But I shut this off twice before I finally finished it. So yeah, nope, and it, you know what? it's not on my list. It should be. Because it did its job so well. It's just this year, you know, this year mm-hmm. there was just other stuff. But as far as a, like, just a down in the dirt horror movie, for me, this was, this was. Yep. Agreed. All right, Vin, for, for real this time, number five. <laughs> well, if you are looking for feel good uh, in your horror, uh, you could go for my number five, uh, and that's Love and Monsters. Uh, by Michael Matthews, U.S. film. Um, I don't imagine, again, this one will be on many people's lists, especially because the horror is pretty family weight. Uh, but I was so pleasantly surprised by this film. Uh, it's genuinely good with... It's got monsters, uh, <laughs> as the title says. It's got um, love. It's yeah. got monsters. <laughs> but, but, you know, it does. It has heart. And uh, yes. I can watch this with my eight-year-old son. And we could both enjoy it. And, you know, that might be kind of like making it more of a personal choice. But um, I really appreciate those kinds of movies. Uh, You know, the the post-apocalyptic world that the main character wanders through because, you know, basically society has fallen. um, And something has occurred to create uh, monsters out of like common insects. Yeah. Uh, so, it, but the nature that they depict is just, it, it, it's enhanced in its glory because of whatever thing has taken over. Um, and meanwhile, the former domains of mankind just kind of look like ugly pockmarks. And uh, we even kind of get um, some really interesting like sci-fi elements 
Yeah. Uh, there's like a touching conversation with the robot. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> at one yeah, point that I really liked. Yeah. It was just it was a terrific scene. I loved it. Yeah, uh, the CGI is excellent. Um, the monster designs are kind of whimsically imaginative. Um, undoubtedly, I think you know. I mean, I liked Sputnik, but uh, the, these are probably the most memorable monsters I saw this year. Um, and I can see myself returning this movie again and again and rewatching it with my family. And then, you know, I I feel like this kind of movie, this is the one that I was talking about before that should have been on a big screen. Is you know, it yeah. just kind of feels like a casualty of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. More people should know about it. Then it should be able to be enjoyed on a big screen, you know. And I, I tragically overpaid to watch Trolls Two and Scooby Doo <laughs> with my family this year. Uh, two movies that were just awful, um, and I wholly regret those purchases. They are not worth it. But this film definitely would have been. Um, and you know, I'm glad to have found it and seen it, and I'll be able to share it with my family. Yeah, yeah. This is on my horror adjacent list. Um, because I didn't find it horror enough. Again, no problem if you do. Um, but this is one, as soon as it was over, I was like, okay, I want a sequel. Like yeah. I want more adventures, uh, because it, it, it was very, uh, enjoyable. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed, uh, that, that whole robot scene. You may have my, the rest of my battery, you know, uh, yeah. Had a little bit of heart there. Um, uh, and, and I'm glad it didn't like, it wasn't your typical, uh, boy meets girl type thing. It doesn't end up like you think it's going to end up, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was great. It was great. I like Michael Rooker is in it. I uh, love him. And, and yeah. the little girl, the little girl was hilarious. Uh, and that's why I said, you know, that, that very ending, I'm like, that's set up for a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's set up for a sequel. So um, I'm hoping that happens. Love and monsters too. We're going to, we're going to uh, take, take it and we're going to get a, um, a petition together and we're going to make them do it. Yeah. This is on my um, honorable mentions, but I watched it on Vin's recommendation. It had some of the most heart of mm-hmm. any movie I've seen, not only this year, but in a long time, it reminded me, I know the subject matters. It reminded me like of a PG zombie land. Uh, yeah. It's like, like mm-hmm. that. Level yeah. um, so if you like that, it's almost like a zombie land. You could watch with your feet minus the language yeah. is really what it reminded me of. So yeah. Michael Rooker is uh Woody Harrelson, <laughs> you know, or somebody <laughs> like that. Yeah. All right. Tammy, you're number five. Okay. Um, this would have been higher on the list, but I had a couple that just snuck in there right at the end. Uh, and it's anything for Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've talked about it, uh, but um, I, <laughs> I just found this so disturbing. And I had almost like a di- the opposite reaction that Vin did where he said some of the stuff became like too repetitive. To me, the more that stuff occurred, the more I'm like, squirming in my chair and i'm like i cannot this needs to stop i cannot keep watching this um i've mentioned before that i hate shots to the head and one of the things that keeps recurring involves that and i'm like man okay i want to get through this because i'm enjoying it so much but i am Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable right now (laughs) you know and it i had my jaw dropped on a lot of the stuff some of the 
places it's like did they really just go there oh my god they did um but it also had like i laughed out loud which you know laugh out loud for me like i'll go <laughs> you know or something but yeah. when i'm like <laughs> laugh laughing that's about as rare as a genuine scare and this movie had both of those things for me so i yeah. i just absolutely love this well because the two old people Yes, they just yeah, got great. in over. They got in <laughs> over their head, way over their head, and the you know, <laughs> you know. The, the Satanists at the community center and all that. It just so oh, yeah. funny, but it's not played for laughs at all. I mean, no. it's no. very serious to them. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just really good. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, my number five, and I know Tammy, you didn't like this one, but it's uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Oh God! Oh my gosh! This movie oh, is God. incredible. <laughs> this is about a um, a woman, Tasia Voss, who is an elite corporate assassin who takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high profile targets. And this movie is a strong rated R. Lots of bloody violence, some graphic nudity language um this is this guy is a chip off the old block i mean if, if this this is his second movie he did uh antiviral which is which is a, a decent film but man he, he steps it up in this thing uh it, it is it's it's not just about like her executing high profile targets it's about what what she's doing is doing to her it's the breakdown of, of her. Um, and man, it's got Jennifer Jason Lee in it. Christopher Abbott, Andrea Riseborough is the, uh, the lead. It's got Sean Bean. I love Sean Bean. Um, man, the visuals in this movie are, are, are just a feast and the violence. Oh man. I can't wait to see what he does next. This is, this is sci-fi horror at its best. If you ask me, this is, this is good stuff. (sighs) Basically, it's just like loving monsters is what you're saying. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Vin, number four. Uh, Number four has already been mentioned by Tammy and that's the mortuary collection by uh, Ryan Spindell uh, from the U S I believe this one was on shutter, right? Yep. Um, yeah, this was by far the best anthology I saw this year. Uh, it has a a sense of energy and fun, very kind of EC comic style comeuppance (laughs) to some of the stories. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mentioned this, I think, uh, on the last round table, but I mean, this will go into my Halloween rotation. Um, even though it doesn't take place during that season, but it just evokes the feeling that I seek to experience, cultivate and share with others for that time of year. Uh, I like the retro aesthetic of like the fifties, the sixties and the seventies. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see Clancy Brown. (laughs) Uh, and it has these memorable moments and these sight gags and, uh, and the, the effects aren't always perfect, but you can feel the fun in every frame. Uh, and it, that takes everything a long way. And, um, you know, I think I said in the last round round table too, that you can tell these stories were written by a man. Uh, all these male fears is like childbirth and commitment and women lying. And <laughs> all these things are just so thick in the, sh- in the script and being a guy, I get it. Uh, but yeah, th- this was a terrific movie. I, I, what a treat for this one. Yeah. Yes. 
I agree. I agree. Good choice, Finn. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Clancy Brown was awesome. Oh, I yeah. can't say that enough. He he uh, he was born for that role. Yes. Uh, people are always talking about like somebody on Facebook said, "Is that uh, Clancy Brown from uh, Dexter?" And I'm like, you know Clancy Brown from Dexter? I mean, first of all, you should be saying, is that the guard from Shawshank? You know, because that's where I really got introduced to Clancy Brown. But man, he was. When I was a kid, he was the Kurgan from Highlander. Yep. Yep. So, all right, Tammy, number four. You know, this was in my number two, literally until two weeks, maybe not even two. Yeah, two weeks ago, probably. Um, And I lament that it you know what my four three and two i feel like are tied for number two but mm-hmm. since i have to follow the rules number four is so you're wretched. saying this one sucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i talked over you what is it no, the, wretched the, the wretched. I guess it's the wretched yes um did anybody have this yet no they did yes i did it oh. was my number nine Oh, I am the worst host. You are so <laughs> bad. You can't even remember. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, then I guess did, I don't know. Didn't what it else remind you a little bit of Fright Night? Oh yes. Now I remember. yes, it did very much so. But it um much darker. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a different. It's a different creature. And I think I s- said this when I talked about it on the roundtable a hundred years ago. Um, one that. You know, it's a legitimate, um, I don't know, not legend or whatever. I can't think of what it's called right now, but um, something that I wasn't very familiar with. And, uh, man, it just brings the creep factor uh, in, in spades. It's so good. I absolutely love this. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's tied for number two, but it's technically number four. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a blast with it. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. It didn't make my list. I didn't like it quite as much as you guys, but I can definitely see this one being recommended to uh, people who are getting, like, younger people who are getting into horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I don't want to call it entry level, but, you know, it's like, like it's teen a, it's horror. A little ste- yeah. It's a step. It's a step above entry level. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, if I'm, if I'm going inter- to introduce somebody to horror, I might show them Gremlins or something like that. This, this one is is a step over, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think bunch of 14 the rewatchability, like this is a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. the rewatchability on this one is high. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So the wretched, my number four, I don't, haven't heard anybody say this one yet. And I don't know if, if they will, but, uh, saw this one at the theater at the beginning of the year. And, uh, man, talk about, somber it's the lodge mm. yeah. uh, again i'm talking about movies with dark heavy themes um during a family retreat to a remote winter cabin over the holidays christmas movie the, fa- the father <laughs> <is> forced, <laughs> the father is forced to abruptly depart for work leaving his two children in the care of his new girlfriend grace Isolated and alone, a blizzard traps them inside the lodge as terrifying events summon specters from Grace's dark past. Um, man, th- this one, th- these are the same uh, people that uh, did um, Goodnight Mommy. It's uh, Severin Fiala and Veronica France. Um, they also did a, a, they were part of an anthology a few years ago called The Field Guide to Evil. That was pretty good. Um, 
the standout to this is um, um, Riley Keough. Yeah, she's really good. I was blown away. It's Elvis's granddaughter. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, she's been in some other stuff. I didn't know who she was. She was fantastic in this as someone who is just having a mental breakdown. Um, Jaden Martell uh, is in this. Uh, you'll know him from It. He's young Bill from It. Uh, Leah McHugh, Richard R. Armitage, and uh, Alicia Silverstone is in this one for a little while. Uh, this is the return of Hammer. Hammer. Uh, we did a um, a more thorough uh, review of this back uh, at the end of our Hammer series. What was that? May? I don't. I don't. Everything's yeah, May. Probably around there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even though uh, near the end, I kind of figured out where it was going and was able to. You know, I wasn't like really shocked at the ending. It's just so bleak and so, you know, uh, dark. I I loved it. (laughs) And that sounds horrible. It's so bleak and dark that I loved it. But that's that's just the way I like my my movies. If I'm looking for, you know, I, I do like the fun movies because, you know, I've talked about VFW and The Wretched and Open 24 Hours and all that stuff. But, man, when when I want to really watch a good horror movie, I need I need something heavy. That that's just what I need, and that's what this was. So and it's got a couple of really shocking moments in it. So yeah, this was too heavy for me. I mean, I watched it because we covered it on the show, but I, I could never watch this again. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, I think one of the things that kept it from being higher for me was the, the it seemed like the second act was promising more interesting things than where the third act ended up mm-hmm. uh and i just wasn't quite satisfied with you know the direction that they took um so it just it, that definitely hampers rewatchability for me yeah okay i'm not saying i couldn't watch it because it's bad i'm saying it was so um Bleak. Yeah, bleak. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I completely so understand. Physically ill. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the kind of movie like, hey, everybody, come on over Friday night. We'll throw oh. in the lodge and eat some and, and eat some popcorn. No, it, it's if when you want to be like immersed into something that's unsettling or you know dark and bleak. Th- that that's what this is. You know, it it's uh, it's not a it's not a fun ride. But it's a great, it's a great movie. So, all right, number three, Vin makes me feel that way. But Hereditary, I've watched three or four times, and I could watch it again, even though it gave me that sick to my stomach feeling. And I'm not talking, oh, that's gross. I'm sick to my stomach. No, like I'm hurt. Like it hurts me. You know, like it just hurts. The movie has a different energy about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does take some cues from Hereditary. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even like the little. The little um, people in the houses, yeah, in the, yeah. The, this show uh, that was directly kind of like hereditary for me. But all right, number three, so, Vin. Yeah, this was already mentioned by you, Mark. Uh, that's Relic yes. by Natalie Erica James, Australia. Hey, hey good choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is you know another you had mentioned allegory. Yeah, this is another haunting as metaphor and. Um, you know, I I've already mentioned that I really like that when it's a, yeah. when it's a good example. Um, 
you know, and we the setting that you would kind of describe before, it's just old family home. And it ends up taking on the characteristics of this mentally deteriorating woman. Um, you know, this mother and daughter come to care for the the grandmother who has dementia. Um, I know we had a Johnny on. He, uh, he seemed to have an issue with this allegory aspect mm-hmm. uh, because the film's world wasn't established as being wholly allegory in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I think he felt that events in the house kind of seemed incongruous of where mm-hmm. things went, um, especially at the end. But um, I, I think he felt like his ghost had been taken away, if I recall. And uh, I, said, I, I said that too. Oh, you I did too. Okay. Ghost, yeah. I said, my yeah. ghost was taken away. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I, I hope I'm not doing him a disservice and characterizing it that way and, you know, misrepresenting what he said, but, um, you know, it, there is certainly a, a turn the film takes in the third act that I totally accept because of the allegorical nature of the horror. Mm-hmm. And I think the house is home to the allegory it is the allegory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that which is outside the property is not really subject to the same rules. Uh, the mother and daughter enter the allegory when they enter the house. Um, but yeah, the ending for me, and I, I think, you know, Mark, you said something similar. I thought it was kind of macabre and touching and sad mm-hmm. and beautiful. Uh, both the horror and emotional resolution were very effective for me. Um, yeah, I, I just thought this was just such a beautifully crafted film. Uh, and, you know, the more I thought about it, the more the puzzle pieces were fitting, you know, and I was seeing yeah. how things p- were put together. And I just really appreciated that ending uh, and yeah. where they went with that and how they pulled it off. Yeah. Completely agree. Yep. Awesome movie. Awesome. Again. Not a feel-good movie. No. (laughs) So, all right, number three for you, Tammy. I think this one will surprise you guys, I bet. Um, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Didn't know anything about this. We covered it on the show, or I might probably not have ever even heard of it or seen it. Um, But this, this just hit so hard with me. I would totally buy this. I already did. Hit, I, I, I'm, it's at I, Walmart. Not surprised. $12, <laughs> $12 Blu-ray. Get it. Okay, I will get that. Um, even though we just talked about a quick recap, uh, terror grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for his ailing father, Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself there's no such thing as werewolves. And I think the strongest thing this movie has going for it is the cast. It's so good. So, Mm -hmm. so, so so good. And another one that it made me scared and laugh out loud. Genuinely. Um, I want more of the, like, I I, I don't know if we need a part two. I just want more, more in this world. You know, isn't that what we said? Yeah. I think we we said like, like a a TV series. Mm-hmm. Like the adventures of Jim. <laughs> yeah, have him live in like some crazy town where crazy stuff happens. I don't know. Oh, you know, it, it, meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yeah. yes. I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah, yep. No, I'm I'm not surprised. I know you like that a lot. And it's it's uh just outside of my top twenty. It's on my uh honorable mentions, which I'm crossing out right now. But uh, yeah, fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. So good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My number three has uh, been mentioned twice. And so it'll be uh, one of the movies that has been mentioned all three by all three of us. And that's anything for Jackson. Um, I'm just going to tell you, I was not expecting this. The director 
Justin G. Uh, Dick. Let me tell you, the dude is known for Christmas <laughs> Hallmark movies. He doesn't have a horror movie or nothing in his in his uh, filmography. It's like I don't even to, want to tell people that, you know, because I'm yeah. afraid you're going to get this wrong idea. But I, I'm what I said when we talked about this before is this guy was like he had something to work out. He was like, <laughs> I'm tired of doing these daggone uh, Laurie Laughlin <laughs> can. Candace Cameron. Well, you see what he does with a snowplow. So I think that he's working out <laughs> yes. some things with all Absolutely. that for those Christmas movies. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's dark. It's funny. It's well shot, well acted, well scored. Everything about, I mean, I, I just was not expecting this from this director. And this looks like it has a lot, a lot of money behind it just by the way it looks and sounds and all. And you know it didn't. You know it didn't have a ton of money behind it. Um, you don't really know uh, a ton of the people who uh, the 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 older man Julian Richings. I've seen him in a couple things, but and Sheila McCarthy was the the the, the lady, the older lady. She was great. Uh, man, I was just I loved it, loved it. And again, these are ones that are going like straight to shutter. Um, anything for Jackson and mortuary collection and stuff. Soon those come out. They, those usually take about six months or so, and then they start releasing them on Blu-ray. Like they just started releasing like Yummy and uh, some of those that have been out for a while. But as soon as they hit Blu-ray, man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it because fantastic. Fantastic. It is fantastic. They do. Anything for Jackson. <laughs> All right, number two, Vin. Another one that you've already mentioned uh, from the UK, his house, uh, Remy mm-hmm. Weeks. Uh, I think this is a Netflix one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I mentioned this in the past. One of the things I like most about the haunted house subgenre is how malleable ghosts and the supernatural can be. Like in representing or allegorizing, again, we're using that word, um, everything from psychological instability to historical trauma. I mean, it's what I admire about like Mike Flanagan's work, right? He like explicitly plays with the different things that ghosts can represent and, and crafts emotional narratives around them. And I think the same is true for his house, uh, which uses haunting as a metaphorical his examination of survivor's guilt. Yep. Uh, we follow two Sudanese refugees right, as they try to make their new start in the UK. They're given a crappy apartment <laughs> by the government and at first try to make the best of it. But soon they're beset by entities that move in the darkness and peer out of cracks through the walls, which multiply. Uh, and many of the scenes are just genuinely creepy. And their new home is hostile, but so is their new country. Like the, the movie does a great job of making you feel like these two are completely out of their element, lost in an unfamiliar and unwelcoming land, and torn between a new life of safety and the war torn homeland they abandoned, where they were forced to make some really difficult choices to survive. Like, and they're yeah. literally haunted by the past. Um, you know, the you you had said they they have some excellent turns of like uh, depictions of certain scenes and when we're getting into their minds and, you know, <laughs> how they yeah. play in the, with it cinematically. Uh, and just the ending, I think is, it's fairly simplistic, but totally appropriate when you look at the theme 
and the personal journeys these two characters have been on. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, obviously it's number two. Um, I remember kept telling Tammy to finish it, <laughs> go back and watch it. Um, yeah, I said, I, I love haunted house films and this is why I love them. It's these kinds of movies. Yeah. Can, can you believe the first feature film? Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what Remy Weeks does. Cause the last couple of years we've had these kinds of things where it's a first feature and you're like, man, I think it's, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got at least eight, uh, first feature film on my top 20. That's oh. incredible. Yeah, it is. That just shows like, man, the, the level of filmmaking like that, that is coming out, you know, yeah, it's not just like the big names anymore. Like there's a lot of people that can make some good films and, and man, I, I'm excited. And so many more international selections yeah. with that. I only have maybe two or three United States only uh, mm-hmm. films on my top 20. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're everywhere. South Africa, Indonesia, Canada, UK, South Korea, Spain. I mean, it's crazy. Canada was killing it this year. Yep. Yep. Canada. eh? Shout out to Heather. All right. Tammy, you're number two. Well, this one. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, I can see her like pulling up her pants right now. Well, (laughs) like going to Barney Fife or something. Yeah. I mean, this displaced. It had no business doing what it did, but I, I just watched it like within the last week. Uh, Promising young woman, mm-hmm. and I know, I know, it has the is it horror? It it is one thousand percent horror and exceedingly good horror. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about it on the roundtable or anything yet. Um, I, be very general here: a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past. Seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. Actually, yes, we did. You talked about it, Mark, didn't you? Yeah, um, just, just, I mean, not real in-depth. Okay. Well, um, I, the most amazing cast. Um, and I, uh, it's yeah, almost, Carrie, almost... Carrie Mulligan was phenomenal. She, yes. She, she's um, going to be up, I think, for a... For a, a horror cast award or something because she, she was she was like <sighs> you felt I can't imagine her, anyone else in that you part felt, you felt for her you didn't like her but then you did like her she was funny <laughs> I mean she was menacing she was annoying <laughs> she was yes. like, she was everything she was like, yeah yep. she was awesome yep. yeah, great job um, it's, uh, it was a little, a little David Lynchy. It's a little tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. uh, but it's heavy. It's really, really heavy. Um, I think men and women will get different things out of it, but everybody will get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of a punch in the gut. I, I, I don't know what everybody was expecting. It's not what I was expecting, um, at all. I didn't see where it was going. Um, and it's a little gritty. And it's it's very original and and uh, nothing good happens in this. Like, no, nothing good. It's, I mean, the ending is kind of bleak, but it's also kind of satisfying. Yes, 
You know, it's uh, it's definitely not where I thought it was going to go. No, I thought, I don't want to say anything because I'm not going to spoil it, but it's definitely not where I thought it was going to (laughs) go, which is always good. Always good for a movie. And by that point in the movie, I didn't want it to go there. I was genuinely surprised, but I I was also like, oh, okay. You know, like, darn, man. (laughs) Wow. I, I felt every emotion that there was to feel. It, 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 this movie blew me away. I'm glad I wasn't even going to watch it. I started to watch um, Wolfman, right? Wolf, not Werewolf. And I couldn't get like, um, it was didn't want to play right for me. So I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. so I, I put this on and I, I, I was hooked right away. And I'm so glad or it might not. It, it probably would have made next year's list. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if it didn't make this one, but I'm so glad I I watched it and could get it on this year's list. It's just, man, this thing is like Oscar worthy. I think, and I know everyone's gonna balk at me probably for that, but I it is it's one of the best things I've seen yeah. in I don't know how long. It really yeah. moved me. So yeah, I, I like it. The only reason that it's not in my top twenty is it's on my horror adjacent list. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. again. Don't have any problem with you putting it as a horror, you know, yep. not no problem whatsoever. Um, it, I, I did a it's horror adjacent horror, list I because it, it enabled me to get more movies, you know. On yeah, the list because, uh, yeah it, it's it's a really really well made movie. Yeah, yeah Finn, if it's you're not gonna horror, like it. I don't you know what else you call it. No, I saw it. Yep. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, it's in my top thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's. You know, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, it definitely deals with a, a heavy subject, yeah. uh, you know, and it deals with it in sometimes shocking ways, although mm-hmm. it does kind of, it does kind of soften the blow at times uh, <laughs> with certain things that you think are happening and not entirely. Uh, but yeah, it was a good movie. My favorite. Did was you watch it with your wife, either of you? Yep. No, I, yeah, I did. Yep. She liked it. But, yeah. I loved it when, when she spit in his coffee. And he drank it anyway. Yeah. That's, what's her. <laughs> That's love right there. <laughs> All right. Number two. And we've heard this one twice already. Oh. So it joins the club, the three timer club. And that is the mortuary collection. Um, I put it at number two because it, I had as much fun with this movie yes. as I've had with the movie all year. Yes. Uh, yeah. Again, my wife watched it with me, which is not normal. She she laughed. She thought it was gross. I mean, come on. When the dude gives birth out of his wiener, I mean, yes. come on. <laughs> um, every man's fear, right? Uh, but just just a great time. And we've said it. We've said everything. Clancy Brown wraparound was awesome. It's got a twist that you don't see coming. I liked every single. Uh, little vignette, little story. It the production values were top notch, uh, and as soon as this comes out on Blu-ray, I'm getting it. And I wanted to give out uh, a shout out to the director Ryan Spindell because sometimes I like to see other things that they do. Um, if you have not seen any of the Fifty States of Fright uh, that was on Quibi. Uh, he did the Oregon uh, one, and he also directed um, an episode in the second season of Two Sentence Horror. 
Have you ever seen that? Yes, I like that. Yes. Yep. So he hasn't done a ton. It's his first feature film, but he's done some of those little episodic horrors, and they're also good. So watch them. All righty. Here we go. Oh, boy. Number one. We'll do our number ones, and then we will uh, do some honorable mentions, and I'll go through some of my other uh, list very, very quickly. So uh, we are nearing the light at the end of the tunnel here. So, Vin, grace us with your number one of 2020. All right. Well, you've already mentioned this one <laughs> once again, Mark. And uh, Tammy is so incredibly wrong. Uh, this is oh, Brandon no. Cronenberg uh, out of Canada, Possessor. Mm-hmm. Um, this was undoubtedly the most engaging and unique horror experience I had this year. Um, Cronenberg, he takes us into an alternate present where our most personal privacy is routinely violated. We follow a corporate assassin uh, through technology uh, uh, who like possesses individuals to carry our hits, as you had said. Um, and this plays out at some points like a possession narrative taken from the demon's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also see a struggle for control over the host body. And we yep. have to watch carefully for clues to determine just who is in the driver's seat. And this is complicated because both personalities appear to be on a kind of a sanguineous downward spiral, <laughs> losing all humanity in the process. Uh, but I mean, against this, there's this backdrop of like corporate data mining where companies appear to scour people's most private videos and files for clues about like their spending habits and material possessions. Like are things in this way, you know, are used to manipulate and effectively possess us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a theme that's multi-layered. You know, like for, you know, what is possession if not a loss of control and privacy? And we see people's homes, bodies, and minds invaded, like for the basis capital gains throughout this. Yep. Um, and I, yeah, I don't want to give any more plot away because I was like thoroughly fascinated by how it all played out. Uh, and when the violence occurs, it's visceral and it lingers. Mm-hmm. It's a film that, I mean, it stays with you, um, yep. possesses you, if you will, you know, yep. or even if you don't. Uh, but yeah, th- this really stuck with me. I so wish I could have seen this on the big screen. Yeah, because it was it was that visceral. It was that it just ne- oh man. And I've got a nice TV. I've got a big TV. But man, just I would love to have seen it up on the big screen. Some of those visuals were just disturbing. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, can you actually wait for his next movie? I'm like I can't. Was it gonna be another like eight years or whatever? However oh long anti-barrel was. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. This dude needs to get it get it moving. His dad used to crank him out. So come on. All right, Taminator number one of twenty twenty. I guys know what I picked. Uh, Lovecraft Country. Oh, she's going with the TV series. All right. I am. Yep. Yep. Um. Yep. I'm irritated because it got nominated for the best drama and it is not a drama. They need to start giving horror its own categories, but I don't care about those stupid awards anyway. So Lovecraft country follows Atticus Freeman as he joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search of his missing father. Uh, this begins a struggle to survive and overcome the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters ripped from Lovecraft paperbacks. So, I don't know. Maybe I don't even know what to say. I've never seen anything like this. Um, the production value, the story, uh, it took a very good book and blew it up. 
in, mm-hmm. a, in a wonderful way and made a whole universe out of it. Um, it was so refreshing to see everything from um, a black person's point of view. Uh, really made white people take a look at them, <laughs> take a look at themselves. I think uh, really timely with, uh, although I it seems to have settled a little. Uh, but when it came on TV, there was you know a lot of the marches and uh, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Black Lives Matter was going on, so it just seemed a really timely. Um, it is so fresh, and you know I is there. There's no such thing as enough Lovecraft other than color out of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's fascinating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, either of you watch it at all? Oh yeah. I watched I not, it. No. I, I loved it. I loved oh, it. I'm glad. It's, um, how would you describe it? I don't know how, I don't know how to describe <sighs> it. It's so different. Lovecraftian drama adventure. I mean, romance. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm going to uh, give it a, a, a rewatch. I'm hoping they do a season two. You know, it's, it's, um, I heard some scary things that, uh, they've, um, like shows that came along after it have already been renewed and this one is still on the shelf. So I don't get that. I don't understand how it could not. Well, maybe but it didn't get the ratings. I don't know, I don't but know. It, it's I mean, definitely, I've never heard a bad thing really about good. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand. I understand. It's definitely a good 10 hours of entertainment that you, you, you'll love. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's almost like, um, last year, like on my, uh, and I, I want to say it again because people still don't know about it, but the, the horror series, Marianne on Netflix is incredible. And nobody ever talks, nobody ever talks about it. It's one of those things, like I said, that something that gives me the willies. There's yeah. scenes in that, that series that give me willies but this one is more like like fun like monstery fun yes uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but definitely good 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 choice good choice Thanks. all right my last one has been said once tonight um and i don't think it'll be that much of a uh, a surprise because i this declared the day I watched it, I declared on Facebook. I, I like, declare my new number one, but, uh, the dark and the wicked yeah. is just great. I love, uh, Brian Bertino. This is, uh, the third movie he's done that I am completely in love with. I love the strangers. I love the monster and I love the dark and the wicked. Uh, this thing just so scary. I mean, some of the scenes in this in this movie just like I said, I, I was sitting in my my room where I watched, you know, my uh, I don't it's not a theater, but it's my my movie room, and like there's some open space behind my couch, <laughs> and I, I had to move. I had to move. <laughs> okay, to that was in a chair <laughs> that was right up against the wall. <laughs> Because I was like, this is freaking me out. And I don't get like that very often. It was, it was really good. And it was again, so bleak, so dark, so heavy. The ending of the movie, I was just like, oh my gosh, that, you know, this, this demon or this presence or whatever it is, is making 
making them see things. And the thing that this man sees at the end that drives him over the edge, I I was just like, I was, I was broken. I was was not okay. I was not okay. (laughs) Uh, Again, not a feel good movie, not a feel good ending. Nope. There's, there's no levity in this. This, No, you're you're not going to get any jokes to break the tension. You know, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's straight up horror, man. I love it. I love it. And I own it. First day it came out, baby. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, Vin, why don't you uh, throw, throw some honorable mentions? All right. Uh, let me take a look at, uh, ones that we haven't seen yet. Uh, I mean, we did, I know that you weren't as big on this one, but I still really liked it. And that was beach house. Yeah, it's um, okay. Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, La Llorona. That was one that I La really enjoyed. La Llorona. I know. I, I, I have that in my head every single time I hear it. Um, the Curse of Audrey Earnshaw. Yes. Um, and uh, trying to see Feedback is another oh, yes. one that I would throw out there. Um, Both of those, Curse of Audrey Earnshaw and Feedback are on my uh, 20 indie gems list. Those are I both great. either one of those. Oh, yeah. I've, we've talked about them on Rotten Roundtable. Well, I haven't seen them. Yeah, you'd like them. Well, you might not like The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw. It's a little slower. Uh, but feedback, I think you'd like. But. I'm writing it on my list here. Do it. Do it. What else, Finn? Uh, I mean, the other ones that I had on my list for like honorable mentions, you guys have already said. Okay. So... How about you, Tammy? Any honorable mentions? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, Spiral. Mm-hmm. The same-sex couple moves into kind of like a get-out vibe a little bit. Yep. Moves, yeah. Yeah, you know, their neighbors, uh, they kind of have nefarious intentions. Yeah, and that's um, not a feel-good ending either. No, not at all. <laughs> um, another one that's already been canceled, but I don't care. I thought it was absolutely outstanding. It was on Netflix, October Faction. Either of you mm-hmm. see that at all? No, I never watched no. it. No. Uh, some of the best creatures. Mark, you know what it reminds me of? What was the movie we watched for the Top 100, The Alien Attack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People in the, at the gas station? Grocery, yes. At the grocery store? Yeah. Grocery store. If you like, it's like that made into a series, honestly. Yeah. Um, the Outsider was another good series. That yep. was on made from the Stephen King book. I also had Bast of Night Relic, um, Chilling Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I've always touted that one. I still say it's great, even though it's it's done now. It's wrapped up. I have a question mark. Was Snatchers twenty twenty or not? Yes. Okay. That was a, that was a fun one. That's, more, I love that's that. on my indie gems. Yep. Yep. Um, Hunters, another series that was on Amazon, and this is my other Nazi one that, uh, starred, um, what's his face, Robert De Niro, and it was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Pale Door, Kindred, Books of Blood, and another one I thought was, like, I toyed with this being on my list was Villains with, uh, Maka Monroe and Bill Skarsgård, and that's it for me. Alrighty. Well... Best way to do this is just, I'm going to go through my honorable mentions and then I'm going to do my list here and and I'm not going to spend any time talking about any of it. Um, But the honorable mentions, um, 
I know people are going to call me crazy for this, but The Empty Man. If you've not seen The Empty Man, you need to watch The Empty Man. It uh, the the whole uh, title kind of makes you think of the Bye Bye Man. Yeah, I think and that's that why movie, I didn't watch it. <laughs> that movie sucks. It's so bad. This movie uh, is a little over long. It's about two and a half hours long. Oh, uh, but it is a cult type demonic type movie. Um, it, it's, it's really good. It's got some really creepy scenes in it. I wish they would have maybe edited it down a little bit. Um, uh, cause it did need to be two and a half hours long. Um, she dies tomorrow is a pretty good film. Uh, get in. Remember that, uh, from Netflix. We talked about that, uh, on the round table, uh, may the devil take you too is good. Uh, underwater. Great movie. Uh, don't even mess with Kristen Stewart. Okay. That is a great movie with a nice, uh, nice ending. Uh, no one has said anything about porno. That I was a, it. that was a fun, fun movie. Yeah. It's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, come play was a pretty good movie with some heart, uh, between the, the two imaginary friend movies this year was, was Z and come play. Come play is better. Uh, on That's Netflix one of the movies I saw at the movies this year. Come play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, vampires versus the Bronx. It was fun. Did you ever see it? No. Oh, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's, it's like a urban lost boys. It's, it's really in good. my queue. I just haven't watched yep. it yet. Uh, one BR. Oh uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. that. And this is one that's not getting a lot of love, but, I enjoyed it. Amulet. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amulet was, was very, I like that one. Yep. Um, just want to throw out some horror TV. I know, uh, Tammy has said, uh, several things, but, uh, Juwan origins on Netflix is really good. Uh, also on Netflix, 30 coins, uh, haunting of Bly Manor. Okay. It's not as good as haunting of Hill house. No. All right, let's get that out. But it's still good. Uh, this one, I think, came out at the very end of the year, but uh, it's still going. It's called Sweet Home. It's South Korean. I started it, and I didn't. Uh. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Tammy, Truth Seekers. <gasps> Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Where'd... I must have left that off my list. You left it off your list. You did. And then I've oh. got to say, <laughs> I've got to say, come on. The net the Netflix uh, miniseries Dracula was really good. The a lot of people didn't like the twist in the in the third episode, but those first two episodes spectacular, spectacular. Um, all right, here we go. Oh, and I, I did want to mention if um, if you didn't watch anything on Quibi, okay, which was that app where you could watch these shows but they were split into six minute episodes ridiculous uh on my plex guys did you see i did i i put them all together all the episodes together (laughs) to make one big movie now i'm not a great like you know i just put them all together Uh, i didn't like do a lot of editing but it'll take care of like having to stop and start and stop and start um, but there's uh, Dane DeHaan and Mika Monroe, or Micah Monroe in The Stranger, 
which so is a good. very, um, you know, stalkerish type of thriller. It was really good. Uh, the Expecting is a good pregnancy horror that's in there. Uh, Fifty States of Fright. It was good. So, you know, some of the stuff you just got to seek out. Uh, Ten Foreign Gems, but some of these we went over. Yummy, uh, Spiral, Four Hands from Germany. It's on Shutter and it's on Tubi for free. It's good. On Netflix, The Day of the Lord, really good possession film. Here's one that's actually came out, I believe, in 2014 or something. And some people had on their list last year because you could go to some website and order the Blu-ray and hopefully get it, but I never could find it anywhere. It debuted on Tubi for free this year, and it's called A Record of Sweet Murder, South a South Korean movie, a found footage film, uh, very good. Russian film Quiet Comes the Dawn, it's on Prime. Hashtag Alive, South Korean uh, zombie movie. Metamorphosis, uh I'm not if it's, I'm sure if it's, I think it's South Korean, but it's yeah. a uh, exorcism movie on Shudder. And no, I love slashers. Come on. And nobody talks about this one. It's, it's on, I believe it's on Netflix. Nobody sleeps in the woods tonight. Did yeah, any of you fun. guys see that? Yeah. It was I, good. I turned I mean, it off. It, it, I mean, it, it's not top 20, but it's a, it's a decent film. Um, my horror adjacent, we talked about the platform, Promising Young Woman, Vivarium. No one said anything about Spontaneous. Haven't seen it. That's yeah, a really good movie. It's a really good movie. A uh, lot of heart, but it, it's just horror adjacent. There's there's kids exploding, okay? <laughs> but there's no real, like, horror. But it's a great movie. A Good Woman is Hard to Find. That's a good movie. The Russian... Uh, action thriller, Why Don't You Just Die? That's a good one. Uh, I did watch Sword of God, um, Vin. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. and But it, it wasn't necessarily horror, but there were like tribal people that were very scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so I put it on my heart adjacent. Um, the Painted Bird is not a horror movie, but it's uh, about concentration camps and stuff. It's it's very disturbing. Uh, Blood on her name, which is a kind of like a revenge kind of movie. Um, and then the one member when we were talking about Swallow, I said there was another movie that reminded me. You both have to watch this movie. Uh, yeah. It's called The Swerve. Have, have yeah, it was it? on my list to watch, yeah. but I didn't get to it. Me too. It, yep. So heavy. It's about this mom who's, you know, she's depressed. She's in, uh, you know, she's just depressed about her life. You know, her marriage, her kids, her parent, you know, all this. And the ending is just so, like, it'll, it'll make you go cry in the bathtub <laughs> for, for a few hours. It, it's that effect. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> but I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then real quick. 20 indie gems. And I want to post this on my Facebook, but we, we talked about snatchers talked about, uh, we haven't talked about game of death. That's only available on DVD. I'm sorry, but it's good. That's another kind of exploding heads type, um, film where they've got these collars and people's heads explode. Uh, live scream, cruel Peter, 
Remember that one, Vin? Yeah. 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 That was very interesting. True fiction. Yeah. Very good. There's a film called alive, um, alive, uh, not the hashtag alive. Uh, but this one is kind of like about two people who wake up in a warehouse, uh, all tied up to a gurney and they're missing the body parts and stuff. But, uh, lose the flower of evil, which just dropped on shutter really good, like a religious culty type horror, but incredible, uh, visuals in that one silhouette, which Vin didn't like as much as me, uh, in the trap possession movie, they reach. Uh, oh yeah. That, that was good. Uh, Acacia motel, uh, little necro red or little necro red, not a great movie, but a lot of, uh, really gross practical effects for people who like gore and practical effects, uh, darkness and tenement 45 skinwalker day 13, the deeper you dig evil boy, also known as stray and feedback. And, and, I, and I'm telling you, I could go on because there's stuff, there's stuff I had to leave out, but man, it, it was a great year for horror. Yeah. Great year. If you can't find some stuff that you like, then you're not looking in the right place. You're not, you're just not being honest with yourself. Um, that's, you just want to, <laughs> you just want to, uh, you know, complain and say, woe is me. Horror was great in 1983 and, uh, there's nothing good made since 1989. Yeah. Well, have yourself a merry little Christmas. I don't care. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm serious. That's I'm tired of that. Tired of it. Great year of 2020 guys. It was a great year for the horror cast. Uh, we put out a ton of material I'm looking forward to, uh, 2021. It's going to be another great year of horror. I know it. Like I've said all along, we're in a, we're living in the golden age, the new golden age of horror. I agree. You, you just can't, if you put the last 10 years of horror together, I, I don't know if you can find another decade, another 10 years of horror quite that good. It, it's at least it's in the, the conversation. Yeah, so right. if you don't agree with me, poop on you, I don't care. <laughs> we all have our, our own opinions. All right, guys. Well, Hey, we're not going to do a bunch of going out stuff because we've been talking for hours. I'm just going to tell you, if you want to email us, ask the uh, horrorcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the HCast. You can check us out on Instagram uh, at the horrorcast. Check us out on our Facebook pages, uh, the horrorcast group. And we've got uh, Revenant Vin. We've got Taminator. We've got Mark Nato. And go to uh, Vin's uh, website, uh, the Revenant Review uh, blog, right? Yep. Revenue.com. There you go. Well, I'm glad this is finally over. This has been a source <laughs> of, uh, very, uh, a lot of stress in my life for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so now we're ready to, uh, to tackle 2021 head on, right? Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, except it is off to a disappointing start. I'm just saying uh, it, it's had, it's had a few decent films, February is going to be better. Okay. All right. There's, good. there's a good, uh, good amount of stuff coming out. Uh, by the way, the, uh, queen of black magic comes out on the 28th of uh, January. Then 29th is the night. And then you've got, uh, the reckoning on the fifth, which is the new Neil Marshall film. Will Willie's wonderland, St. Maud and fear of rain on the 12th. 
the color rose on the 19th and the vigil on the 26th. Come on. It's going to be a great, it's going to be a great February. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the hard where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared.